Here are the facts. Today we're talking about Alien 3, starring Sigourney Weaver, Charles S. Dutton, Charles Dance, Lance Henriksen, and directed by David Fincher. And I am... I'm Ryan, and I'm going to stop doing this voice now. Alright, I'm Brendan. I'm Matthew. I'm Logan. And uh, welcome back to the Cinema Talk podcast. Uh, this is our third week of our Alien series. Um, if you missed our last two episodes, make sure to go back and uh, listen to those where we review the 1979 Ridley Scott original Alien and then the sequel by James Cameron, mm-hmm. Aliens. And uh, real quick, because I'm thinking about it and I just want to make a point of this. We have made a shit ton of podcasts. Uh, by my last yes. count, I think it was around like 130, 131 by the time we released this. The thing is, I just realized this the other day. If you go on Spotify or iTunes to listen to us, you will be mi- only mm-hmm. get 100 podcasts on there. So if you want all of our back catalog, all of it is available either on the Podbean app or at stopwaitwhat.podbean.com, which is our web- website, which we don't really ever like talk about. So just to say there, because we've I know that a lot of our Star Wars reviews are now off our iTunes and Spotify feed, our original DC movies, all of our old reviews. Um, just wanted to put that out there. Um, so if you want to listen to all of our back shows, just go to our website. You can listen to all of them there. So we'll make sure to start putting the website in our descriptions on iTunes and, um, Spotify so that you guys can go back and listen to all the old shows, regardless of whether or not it's on iTunes. So I just want to point that out before we get into Alien 3, so I didn't forget about it, and it's at the top, so everyone hears it. So, yeah, um, now that I got that out of the way, Alien 3, um, directed by David Fincher, so... Real quick, before we go into Alien 3, do you guys have any background with David Fincher as a director? This being his first film. I'm familiar with the name, but I, I right. can't think of anything now. Yeah, I can't place him. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a good handful of his movies. Um, I don't know the exact count, but I think there's only about three or three or four that I haven't seen. He's a, he's a fantastic director. Uh, me and Floyd have talked about his movies before on the Cinematog Movie Journal. Oh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him uh, in the future with the, his new film. Um, oh, he directed *The Seven and Yes, *The Seven. Um, great, great director. I, I always loved his style. Um, Zodiac is one of my favorite films of all time. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I didn't realize he did Fight Club as well. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's a cool. big name. If you've seen the Social Network, that's probably with the Dragon that Tattoo. Seven or yeah, that and Seven are my two favorite probably films. Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a very prolific director. He did a lot with Mindhunter and House of Cards. He created those two shows. Um with so yeah, he's Jonathan a, Groff. This was his first project though. He was brought on board by Fox, which are going to work and get into all the development hell that this went into. But before we do, just what were your backgrounds with Alien 3? Uh just so in case no one else has no in case people haven't listened to our last two episodes and know where we are with the Alien series. Let's Can we like, give our ratings uh for the previous ones? Just to Go recap, for it. I yeah, sure. I don't sure. remember my ratings. <laughs> you had Brian, a and you then gave a an A and A minus, yeah. yeah. An A and an A minus. That sounds right. Cool. <clears throat> Do you Brandon, want me to talk about the rest the of my background? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had, uh, it was my first time watching uh, like Alien all the way through. I had seen pieces and parts of it before, and I had never seen Aliens. Um, I was really excited to talk about them. I have the Alien quadrilogy. Um, like blu-ray box set and which i bought a couple years ago because i knew we were going to do the alien movies on this podcast at some point um but you know i was i was really like excited to talk about all of the alien movies so once after alien and aliens i was just raring to go with alien 3 <laughs> i was so excited i didn't know that much about it um 
I knew bits and pieces because I had watched the Game Grumps play uh, the video game for like the Super Nintendo a long time ago. So I, I knew some of the plot points. Um, not that that game really gives anything away, but I think they may have talked about it or I looked it up while they were playing it or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that's kind of like all of my and I, I, I had seen some of the Alien versus Predator movies. So that's that's sort of it. Yeah, so as I said before, Alien, uh, my favorite movie of all time. I really, really love this series, although I do think there are better movies than others. Um, but in terms of my background with this movie specifically, I saw it around the same time that I first saw Alien. Um, me and my friend decided to watch uh, all the Alien movies, uh, up until Alien Resurrection, none of the prequels. Uh, I, th- I think we, like, in a row, I think we watched it over the course of two days or so. But um, so we we had finished Aliens, you know, we we were hyped after that one. We loved Alien, uh, and then we stumbled across Alien Three, and upon first viewing, it definitely uh, was a complete surprise to me, and was not at all what I expected. But upon second viewing for this podcast, I have a radically different opinion on this movie, and really excited to get into this. It's going to be a divisive podcast for sure. I wholeheartedly agree, Matt. Something that was not divisive was the first Alien movie, which I also gave an A plus to. Um, we we had very positive reactions to that all across the board. Um, Aliens, in 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 my opinion, dropped a little in quality, but I uh, still gave it an A. Thoroughly enjoyable movie. Uh, and Alien Three, as we'll get into, uh, just right off the bat, very negative reaction to it. I only finished watching this uh, about an hour ago. And, uh, I just, God, I, I don't, it, I, there were some things that I really, really did not like about this. So, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into, uh, uh talking about it, but, uh, br- bring us home, Ryan. Yeah. And you hadn't seen any of the alien movies True, yes. before. Uh, I forgot to mention. Yeah. I've not seen yeah, yeah. any of these. True. Yeah. So yes. I had seen alien Prometheus and alien covenant. Um, so it was my first time seeing, um, this, like, all these special editions for all these films, I had watched both the theatrical and um, assembly cut for this film. Even though I said I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to watch the assembly cut, I was like, when I knew we were recording tonight, I was like, fucking fine, I'll watch it again. Um, so I watched both cuts, but I gave Alien an A, even though I wrestled with an A-, minus, I ended up giving it an A. Really like that film a lot. Um, and then Aliens, which I had never seen before, became one of my favorite action movies of all time. So I love Aliens. I definitely prefer it to Alien. I think I'm the only person on the call that agrees with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, different perspective. It's good to have. It's good that we're not all all, all agreeing all the time. Um, especially on this podcast, it sounds that way. Um, but yeah, I'd never <laughs> seen Alien 3 before. And um, I really had, I had no opinion going into it. Um, other than I knew, I knew from just knowing the plot of Alien 3, what happens in the first scene of this film. And I didn't think that it would bother me as much as it did, as we'll get into. So, I don't know, is there anything else that you guys want to get into, or can I get into this plot summary? Uh, I just, it. I forgot to give my ratings. I give Alien an A+, plus and Aliens an A-. minus. Alrighty, so let's do this. Alright, this is the uh, plot summary for Alien Cubed via Wikipedia. <laughs> Sponsor us, Wikipedia. We use you all the time. Alright. Following the events of Aliens, a fire starts aboard the uh, colonial marine ship Sulaco. The computer launches an escape pod containing Ellen Ripley, the young girl Newt Hicks, and the damaged android Bishop, all four are in cry- cryonic stasis. Scans of the crew's cryotube show a queen facehugger attached to one member. The pod crash lands on 
Fiorina Fury 161, a foundry factory and penal colony inhabited by male uh, male inmates with double Y chromosome syndrome, a genetic mutation which gives the afflicted individual a predisposition for antisocial behavior. The inmates recovered the crash pod and its passengers. The same facehugger is seen approaching the inmate Thomas Thomas Murphy's dog, Spike. That makes no fucking sense. Okay. I don't know if that's actually how that's supposed to go. I actually don't know if that's... Hmm, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Ripley is awakened by Clemens, the prison doctor, who informs her that she is the sole survivor. She is warned by the prison warden, Harold Andrews, that her presence may have disrupted... Uh, may have disruptive events. Uh, events? Did I just really read the word effects as events? I don't know. Ripley insists that Clemens perform an autopsy on Newt, secretly learning that Newt may have been carrying an alien embryo. Uh, despite protests from the warden and his assistant Aaron, the autopsy is conducted and no embryo is found. The bodies of Newton Hicks are cremated. Elsewhere in the prison, a quadru- oh god, quadru- quadrupedal alien bursts from Spike. Growing to full size, the alien kills Murphy, Boggs, and Reigns and returns outcast prisoner Golik to his previously psychopathic state. Golik dubs the creature the dragon. Ripley finds the damaged, bish- damaged bishop- in the prison's garbage dump. Just as she is leaving the area, she is cornered by four inmates and almost raped. After being saved by inmate leader Dylan, uh, Ripley returns to the infirmary and reactivates Bishop, who confirms that a facehugger came with them to Fiorina in the escape pod. Ripley informs Andrews of her previous encounter with Xenomorphs, and suggests everyone work together to hunt it down and kill it. The highly skeptical Andrews does not believe her story and explains that if she were telling the truth, the facility is without weapons. Their only hope is to is the rescue ship being sent for Ripley by the Whaley Newtani Corporation? The alien ambushes Ripley and Clemens in the prison infirmary, killing him and almost slays Ripley. But then, but then the mysterious <sighs> the alien ambushes okay, Ripley but... and Clemens in the prison infirm- infirmary, killing him and almost slays Ripley. But then mysteriously spares her and retreats. Ripley yes. then rushes to the cafeteria to warn the others. Andrews orders Aaron to take back take her back to the infirmary but the warden himself is dragged into the vents and killed by the monster ripley rallies the inmates and proposes they pour flammable toxic waste into the ventilation system and ignite it to flush out the extraterrestrial however its intervention causes a premature explosion and several inmates are killed with aaron's help ripley scans herself using the escape pods medical equipment and discovers the embryo of an alien queen growing inside her she also discovers that the wailing yutani corporation hopes to turn the aliens into biological weapons which i feel like we already knew that didn't we deducing that the alien will not kill her because of the embryo she carries uh ripley begs dylan to kill her he agrees only if she helps the inmates kill the alien first they form a plan to lure the alien into the foundry's molding facility trap it via a series of uh, closing doors and drown it in molten lead the bait and chase plan results in the deaths of all the remaining prisoners except for dylan and morse Dylan sacrifice himself, sacrifices himself to position the alien towards the mold as Morse pours the molten lead onto them. Although the alien is covered in molten metal, it escapes the mold, but Ripley activates the fire sprinklers, causing its molten, molten metal exoskeleton to cool rapidly and shatter, blowing it apart. The Wayland yutani team arrives, including scientists, heavily armed commandos, and a man who looks identical to Bishop, who explains that he is Bishop's creator. He tries to persuade Ripley to undergo surgery to remove the alien queen embryo, which he falsely claims will be destroyed. Ripley refuses and steps back onto a mobile platform, which Morse positions over the furnace. The Wayland yutani team shoots Morse in the leg in an attempt to stop him. Aaron, believing that the bishop lookalike is an android, strikes the man with a wrench uh, is killed by the command- and is killed by the commandos, ignoring Bishop's plea to give... Uh, oh, they're just calling him Bishop, I guess. Okay. Ignoring Bishop's pleas 
to give the embryo, Ripley throws herself into the furnace, killing herself. The facilities are closed down and almost all was forgotten. Morse, the sole survivor, is led away as Ripley's recording from the first film plays in final time in the EEV. And that is Alien 3, which uh, is... Okay, so I don't know about how much you guys know about the development hell that this film was in for many many I've many learned. years i've learned i've learned okay brennan do you want to talk about it a little bit then the development hell the fact yeah. that it just went through like a bunch of different scripts and a bunch of different writers you probably have more information on this than i do but i sure. i was learning about it today um but i do know that basically they went through i think three different directors Rennie harlan who is a you know an action director from the 90s was in talks to direct this he directed i think like die hard 2 and stuff like that mm-hmm. um he was in talks to direct this. Uh, there was a script written by, ooh, I forget the guy's name. There was a whole other different script uh, that was written. Um, Vincent made Ward, it... I think is who you're thinking okay, of. Okay, there was that one, but there was another one even before that. Okay. Um, that was made into an audible audio drama that you can go listen to oh, that okay. I have downloaded, but I have not listened to yet, I have to admit. Um, that focused on Hicks and Bishop because actually they mm-hmm. had Lance Henriksen and Michael Bean come back for that audio drama and reprise their roles, which is pretty cool. Um, but then, yeah, Vincent Ward came in and he had this idea to put it on like this wooden like monastery in space where these monks uh, would discover Ripley. He was the person that came up with the idea of killing all the characters from Aliens and then having basically this film. But they weren't prisoners, and they were on this, like, wooden, like, spaceship type thing, which was really weird and sounded really heady and honestly sounds better than the version that we got. Um, But then they also had another script that took place on a prison planet, and they basically just, like, threw the two scripts together and started shooting and didn't actually have one script that they were going off of. And Fincher talked a lot about being on set with this film, not having an actual script that he's going off of, like a definitive script with an ending. Yeah. Uh, he was basically just shooting scenes. He would call Fox at the end of each day, tell him what he shot, and then tell him what he was shooting the next day. They actually had to halt production of the film because they didn't have an ending. They just didn't know what to yeah, do, and they eventually kept, restarted production and finished the film. He kept doing rewrites while he was on set. like even Because there with, was no like, definitive script, yeah. Yeah, because they, like... They wanted, the reason that they hired him was because they were like, we need a yes man who's just going to like sit down and make this movie. But he, and he Which only they, had that like. That was the wrong call to pick David Fincher for that. Well, yeah, exactly. He was like, nope. Because uh, he was, what I was uh, reading about was that he was just like such a perfectionist that he was like, if it, like, if it wasn't like, if a like blood splatter or something wasn't exactly how he envisioned it in his head, he would just keep reshooting. And like, mm-hmm. I saw this one interview with him where he's like, well, you know, if you shoot it a thousand times, one of them has to be right. And I was like, okay, so that's, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He is notorious for doing a lot of shots. If you've ever seen the social network, the first scene between Rooney Mara and Jesse Eisenberg's character, where they're having this, this discussion in a bar they did that shot 99 times or that, Jesus. Take, that they did that scene 99 separate takes. He will, he will do as many takes as he wants. So it's understandable that if a studio was like, no, you need to finish this movie in four weeks, that's not going to go well with David Fincher. Yeah, it, it was. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think of these different ideas, development, hell, the, the involvement that the studio had, like the impact that this had on the film? Especially knowing yeah. that you guys have different opinions, or yeah, I've always been really intrigued by the Vincent Ward idea, um, which kind of retains the same idea of of a spiritual group that um, views this woman as a danger and a temptation. 
but the idea, just the design of a wooden planet with everything made of wood, I think would have been really interesting and definitely like a departure from everything we've, we've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting uh, analyzing this movie, knowing the history of it, because as you said, it was like pure development hell. And it, it's it's difficult because, like, as you said, Fincher is a very, uh, does his own thing, has a very, uh, he has a definite idea in his head when he's shooting a movie, and that's how he operates now. But back then, when all he was known for was music videos, he didn't really have any leverage, you know, you know to push back against studio interference, which is why the, the film ended up having so many different hands in it uh, during He had not in, made in Seven yet to be able to have that clout. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think it's interesting. But that being said, I'm still very pleased with the film we got. But I think there are a lot of interesting ideas. And I haven't listened to the Audible uh, audio that you've been talking about, but I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah, yeah I, I own it. I just haven't listened to it yet. So I need to. Yeah, I knew absolutely nothing about uh, this, you know, every, kind of everything that went on. But uh, it, it makes sense to me that they weren't working with a script. When I look at this movie, it's it's easy for me to say, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like they had a real clear direction to go in which like so, i don't know how like making ma- making a 5 minute short film with a script was one of the hardest things i've ever done i cannot imagine trying to make a feature length film without a like no a script. definitive script like that must've been a, the most infuriating experience it's, it's it's understandable why david fincher like refuses to talk about this movie <laughs> these days yeah so um he, I, I know that he had said that like no one hated this movie more than he did, mm-hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense going back to it. And just like I don't the, know, he might have competition on this on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find he, out. Uh, but he, yeah, I mean, it like there's very obviously a lot of tension between the studio. I mean, I'm looking at like all like who all of the different writers were. So you have uh, William Gibson. Um, that was that was the audible one. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the like the father of modern cyberpunk. Um, and then there was Vincent Ward. And then there was, yeah, uh, the one that we ended up with that was just the yeah. weird conglomerate. But the, the studio was just really, because Sigourney Weaver didn't want there to be other um like uh, she didn't want to be in any more alien movies she was like if i'm mm-hmm. in another one i want to take a back seat as like i want to be a side character like I, I want it to focus on someone else and then they like they went through all these iterations of the script um and she was just like yo what the fuck i said that i like i wanted like to take a back seat and then so she like demanded to be killed off uh, yeah. which I, th- I think is funny because in which the is movie, funny she's, because... <laughs> she's like you have to kill me I, I i need to die and we um, know there's another sequel so and we know that there's another movie after this uh but yeah no it's 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 very sadly obvious that just there was a lot of strain and and didn't uh didn't david fincher in the editing of this movie just like not take part at all like he, he just, just left after they he just left shooting. he was just gone he was like he didn't even want to be a part of it so yeah yeah he was yeah. like i'm gonna go develop seven and become an iconic filmmaker bye yeah so yeah, final I, cut i think yeah, went I to tell. the studio and, and the producers yeah oh yeah. that's always Ugh. that's always a bad call <laughs> but it's like like i said he had no leverage which is yeah like i mean he was just starting he had done really cool music videos he done one for michael jackson and madonna but nothing in, in the film production world Wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy 
to like think back and think of David Fincher having no leverage, but yeah, I mean that was the place that he was in. Everyone's gonna start somewhere, and it, it, it's it I think it's movie. telling that he went from making this movie to making one of the like most iconic movies of the '90s. True. Um, but I guess let's get into this. Um, so the very beginning of the film makes no fucking sense. Okay, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Con- all right, continue, continue. Okay, so first of all, this is like poor editing 101 how to have a how to have a shitty open to your movie 101 in terms of editing i don't care who the director of photography is when you are trying to show me the deaths of all these characters that i care yep. about stop intercutting it, it between the my title cards so hard. and the deaths of these characters if you're going to give me the deaths of these characters at least let me fucking see it in a way that makes sense instead of cutting in who did the costume designs i don't <laughs> care well also, i don't care also in, in i'm Okay, in uh, in one of the first two episodes when we, when we talked about these movies, uh, we talked about how with the acid blood, I'm pretty sure it was the first one, the acid blood, they had to make the floors like made of styrofoam or something like that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that in one of these intercut shots, it's just like straight up white styrofoam. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. Like, Ooh, styrofoam. Look, they, they didn't even try to make it look like floor. They just, it was literally just styrofoam. <laughs> but yeah, these, okay. these it's it's so weird. If I so if I may jump edited. in and provide yeah. my opinion here, I, I, if you're listening, all right. Here, here's the gist: they all hate the movie, and I actually really like it, <laughs> which yeah, is a, you're a get sharp a departure. Because I will say, well, the first time I saw this movie, I had the exact same reaction. I hated it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was like, "Why are you killing off these characters?" I thought it was ugly. I hated the low angle. I hated everything about it. I never thought about it again. So this was my only second time rewatching it. Absolutely loved it at this time. I think it's a very flawed film, as we'll get into. But I think the the vision and the, the imagery and the storyline is beautiful. Okay, with this beginning, I, I love how it's edited. I love how it's cut. Because, Floyd, I know that one of your problems with this in later scenes with the autopsy is that it's much too gratuitous. Yes. And I think that it would have been extremely gratuitous if we saw this entire thing pan out. As we've said, because it's an extremely gruesome scene from what they've said and, you know, the small images that we've caught. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about in the first Alien movie, part of what makes that movie so good is what we don't see. And I, and I, I don't want to see this whole thing. I think the the, the cutting, it, it is so suspenseful. And I think this is, oh my gosh, an amazing beginning. It, definitely not on par with the first movie, but uh, for me, definitely better than Aliens. Oh my gosh. Are you going to say that this movie is better than Aliens? No, no, no. I'm not saying this movie is better than I think some parts okay. of it are better than Aliens. Well, I'm just saying this okay. this beginning, I think, is is uh, very, he, very good. Here's the thing, here's though. How, okay, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Logan. Oh, no, here, <laughs> okay, this, this is what I was... Sorry, I was giving a, a finger up on the on the. Oh, schedule. sorry. Um, my bad. And then I want to go. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so the, here's my thoughts on, on this beginning. I, I agree that we don't need to see it pan out. Uh, but putting it over the opening credits, like, that's what's wrong with this. Like, if, if we saw the credits and it's like shots of, I don't know, shots of space or something, then... Like the original Alien. Right. Then we see, mm-hmm. we see the, these panning shots of, um, you know, of, of this, this very gruesome scene. And we don't need to see it happen. We just need to see the aftermath. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but it's like, the, it's like... There's this huge plot point, and putting it over the credits is like, uh, I don't know, say, dumping an enormous plot point into the opening crawl of a Star Wars movie. Hmm. Um, <laughs> that sounds familiar. Or, you know, putting it in into Fortnite uh, to explain yeah. how it happened. Um, oh, God. And it's just the fact that it, 
Like, I don't disagree with not showing the scene. Uh, I I think it, it would be a cool way to start off that this movie if this were actually the start of the movie. But it seems like it, they're trying to make this, like, before the movie even starts. And they're like, like you said, Floyd, like, look at, like, this is the name of the costume designer. Also, your characters are dead. Like, it's, yeah, they're <laughs> right there. The fact that they're right there being intercut is the issue. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so here's here's two things. One, I actually made the direct, as soon as I watched this movie and put in my letterbox review, I said that this movie was the rise of Skywalker to Aliens the Last Jedi. I was gonna say that, damn it, Floyd! Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and second thing, I think, like, to prove my point here that it's not, like, what we're being shown in the pod that bothers me, it's the intercutting with the titles, is I actually, okay, not to bring up the fact that I'm in film school, but one of the film classes I took, um showed this opening scene actually i took an exam on basically how this opening it takes place but she cut out all of the title cards so it was just the scene itself and just the scene itself is really effective i've seen it about 30 times you know i had to i like it was just playing over and over again for like a half an hour i had to write an exam on it and it's really effective in that version and i've just it's the intercutting with the titles that completely pulls you out it's like hr giger newt's dead costume designer there goes hicks like it's just so frustrating to watch it's whiplash inducing yeah basically what i what i was literally about to say was this is basically the fuck you that jj abrams gave ryan johnson uh basically uh well throughout the rise of uh, skywalker but in the entirety of the film is a middle finger to ryan johnson (laughs) well yes but also um it's do, do you know what it legitimately reminds me of it would be like if the start of a movie was happening and a suspenseful scene and like people kept getting up and going to the bathroom, mm, like yeah. at the beginning of the movie, like, and people kept like walking by you and we're like, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Can you, can you move your popcorn and your legs and shit? I got to get through. Also look at my butt. There's HR Giger. Oh, well I'm coming back through. Here's the wardrobe designer. It's that's basically what it felt like. And I was like, it's not like, I can't tell if it's just like, I don't know. I don't, I, I, it's just, I would like to see that version that your professor showed you now, Floyd, if, yeah. if you can get your hands on it, or I guess I could just cut it myself, but like, yeah. or I don't it know. might be on YouTube. It might be on YouTube, but it, it sounds like it would have been so much more effective if it, if it was yeah. done that way. And I'm not usually one to critique cinematography too much. Cause I don't like to talk out of school, but I, I just want to like, I don't know. It, it, there, it was just very obvious to me that something was wrong here. And I was like, ah, this is kind of bad. Yeah. yeah Even to I, someone who's not like big into like filmmaking in terms of craft, you notice like something's yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still hold that. I love this beginning. I think it's really well done, but I will say like, I, I think Logan's idea of, of placing it after the credits. I would also, I would also like to see that. I don't think it would add or detract from it too much for me, but, but I, I, I still like what we got and I like it because it's, I mean, like we said, Fincher has a very distinctive vision, and I, mm-hmm. he's even self-described himself as an anarchist, someone who's very anti-authority. So it makes a lot of sense that he would start his movie off this way, in a very uh, a disarming way, where he's saying, okay, well, the, the, here, the, the characters are dead, and before we even, you know, even in the title sequence, we see that. And that's what I like about it. And maybe it's, and, uh, and this is why I say, like, you guys should really rewatch this movie, because I think it I really did. is, because it's... You know, it, no, but I'm saying like years later, okay. um, because it's it's been many years since I saw this movie, and this was coming right off the first time I'd seen Aliens. 
mm-hmm. uh, like you guys. And, and and I was so attached to these characters, and I felt so much, and I was so I had so many expectations. But once I removed myself, like this viewing, I, I just I was I I loved it, and and I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't have that like strong emotional connection that I had the first time I saw it. And I was able to back away a bit and, and still love the characters and still grieve their loss, but like I felt more more comfortable with what he was doing. But yeah, yeah. I I, I think the attributing this to Fincher. I don't. You might be right attributing the way this is cut to Fincher, but also because he had nothing to do with the editing of this film, I kind of back off of that and say it probably wasn't Fincher who made this choice, but it could have been mm-hmm. during so, the filming. I would be interested to see if, did he, like, I'm sure he had a hand in a good, like, some portions of this film. Or would it would it be the producers edited this entire film? Did, like, do, he, do you have He left as soon as cameras stopped rolling, basically. Really? He had nothing to do yeah. with post-production. Okay, interesting. It's basically like um, Gareth Edwards with Rogue One. Like, as soon as cameras stopped rolling and the initial shoot, he had, like, he had nothing to do with related with the reshoot, reshoots, that kind of stuff. Josh Trank okay. with Fantastic Four Stick, like, he's just gone. Okay. which i think would be a fun movie for us to talk about someday because i actually Another... don't hate that movie i think that movie's all right oh um wow. unpopular okay. opinions yes unpopular opinions so okay wait, wait, so let's wait, get sorry, can we talk cats. about rather than the camera work of this scene can oh we talk God. about the content of this scene yes that's that, what i'm getting to okay yeah that it makes what, no sense like this is what my note was just like will we find out why everyone else died and ripley survived other than ripley was the main character of the last two so, of course, she's going to be alive nope. and everyone else is dead. Like, it is just, if if I'm interpreting this correctly, it is just a way for the other people to be, like, out of the way. Like, Fincher was like, eh, I don't know what I want to do with these characters, so let's just have Ripley be the only one to survive. And, like, and this is how, this is how in, in kind of, if, if we're going with a, a Star Wars analogy, um, just a, a new director coming in and how at the end of the last one... It was set up that, okay, these, these what, four four characters are now yeah, going four. together. Um, and then, at the beginning of this one, it's just like, no, they're not. Sorry, you were wrong. It's just Ripley. <laughs> Feels yeah, ridiculous I feel like it's different there's than, no like, reason. The Last there's never, Jedi there's that never people a plot say reason. the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People think... say the same thing about The Last Jedi, like, oh, you didn't, like... You didn't follow through with what J.J. Abrams set up. He did. He just didn't in a way you didn't expect. Yeah. Here, they just like, no, we're not even dealing with that. We're moving on. Yeah. See, for me, for me, why I disagree, Logan, is that I think there's a very clear decision for it. Um, I, I, I love how this movie completely strands Ripley. And this is a completely different Ripley. We talk a lot about how the first movie is uh, very much so like uh, it, it's a lot more tight and confined and isolated. But this movie takes that to a whole other level and completely strips her of any of these uh, these people who she was attached to and like we said that was kind of like like a family i mean they had the, the mother the mother uh, the mother daughter relationship with newt and there was like hints of romance with her and hicks i love how it just strips her of everything and this movie is tough it's hard to watch because ripley is so so nihilistic in this movie and so hopeless and and it's like that's why like the ending of this movie tears me up because it, it, it's just a completely different Ripley than we've ever seen. She still has that survivor push in her. And I love how that still comes through in this, but I love how she is stripped of everything. I love that's how we start off the movie. You have nothing. Everything is dead. We're starting from scratch. Well, I agree with you that it's hard to watch, but... Uh, yeah, I do. I agree with that, too. <laughs> I, um, I, I would I would have liked to see uh, a reason in the plot that she has to... Or that, that this would have happened, that all three people die in, in basically different ways... And she's just, and she somehow survives. Like it just, I mean, she was, 
I guess she she was like impregnated, so she didn't completely survive. But I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Before I get to Ripley and how I feel about Ripley, which I fucking hate what they did to her character in this movie. First of all, I want to talk about two things that you one of them you just mentioned, and the other one is why I said this opening sucks is because it makes no fucking sense. How? First of all, how could there have been an egg on this ship? And first, like, where did that happen? Okay, first, that's the first point. Second point, on top of the alien egg that's on the ship, which is seemingly has to be a regular egg, um, or maybe there's two eggs, I don't know, because they're, the queen face hugger is, like, the way the plot summary said it on Wikipedia, said that there was one face hugger, it was a queen alien, right? Which doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense, because if it is the same face hugger that then infects the dog, or in the assembly cut, <laughs> it's an it ox, it's dog? actually complete, why is it not a queen dog? And if so, they should have the same gestation period, which is my next point, that the gestation period of this movie makes no yeah. fucking yeah. sense. Yeah. Because if, if, if they're the same face hugger, how do they impregnate twice, first of all? Second of all, why is one a queen and one a regular one? Third of all, why do they have different gestation periods? The setup of this movie makes no sense at all. It just it's feels, so infuriating. It just feels to me like throughout the... Th- like It just feels to me like throughout the three movies... It just, the science just got, like, less and less planned out. Like, it just... This isn't even science. This is just, like... Yeah. General... This is just, like, how make, the let's alien make some works. rules. Like, I had some issues in Aliens of, like, you know, making rules and then not really heeding them when, when it came to, to later things, like, when you don't need the certain certain plot devices to work. But this one is just... This is just makes no sense. And, like, when you think back to Alien and the... Like, the science being, like, pretty airtight, it's just... It's really disappointing to me. Like, it, it had a face hugger who managed to survive the crash, unlike the humans, which doesn't make sense. It still managed to impregnate Ripley with an alien queen, attack the dog slash the ox, whichever version you're watching, give that an embryo of a regular egg. The dog's gestation takes a day tops, like if you're looking at the timeline. But Ripley even says at one point that she's been there for a while on the planet, which in like, if you look at the dialogue of the film, it's she's been in there at least two weeks by the time that she starts to like actually have the symptoms of it and mm-hmm. then it bursts right when she's jumping off to kill herself yeah. really <laughs> really it's very convenient no, timing that was something that as the I, studio as I said, demanded right i thought i was i yes, thought i read was. some something in the theatrical like, cut cuz in the assembly yeah. cut it does not burst out of her in the assembly okay. cut in the theatrical as I cut said, is what i meant this is a flawed movie and i i will absolutely grant you that 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 is a drop ball for sure like that that that, that doesn't make any sense and i agree I guess one of the reasons why it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you in this movie is that I feel like the, the focus in this movie is totally uh, shifted away from the alien. It's mostly on Ripley. For me, this movie is is centered completely around Ripley. I, I feel so... Like, not that the alien is secondary. It's still definitely a major threat, and, and they definitely... Major threat? Uh, major major threat. threat. They definitely uh, film it like that. But it's... Um, I don't know. For me, it doesn't feel as, as consequential as it would in a movie like Alien, where, where it's, it's, you know, it's... The movie is more about this, like, survival than, than it is here with the relationships with the other inmates and, and Ripley's own arc coming to an end. But no, I look, I, I hear that. As I said, flawed movie, that completely doesn't make any sense. I know. Yeah, I think I think the point of it with me is, like, if you're going to if you're going to not focus on the alien, that's fine. At least just have it make logical sense. Like, if it's like, OK, there was a queen alien and impregnated, even if, even if it's like there's a queen alien in Ripley, there's a queen alien in the dog cool if there's a, a regular alien in ripley a regular alien in the dog i can stretch my mind to be like okay it had the face hugger had two embryos in it whatever it's the fact 
that like first of all it doesn't make any sense how the egg got on the ship which even fincher in interviews says like you have to just go with that to go with the movie like it doesn't make sense yeah Yeah, you have like fincher said like it makes no sense with the end of aliens you have to just accept this to watch the movie which Mm -hmm. you can or you can't it's up to you um watching it but then on i think it's the fact that they are two separate alien types coming from the same face hugger that just makes no sense because i thought there was two the first time i watched it i was like wait there was two eggs and then i'm looking back i was like no there's definitely they only show one egg mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's so confusing it's implied and okay so the next thing i want to get to because i have three pages of like charted out notes of <laughs> what i think is wrong with this movie the Damn next bro. thing I want to get to is the discarding of Newt Hicks and Bishop. Because, like, we talked about oh. the scene, but I feel like we didn't really talk about them itself. Slap first in of the all, face. First of all, if you wanted to kill off these characters, I, I understand. I understand you're, you're a new script screenwriter. You were getting handed these characters. You might want to do something new. Okay, fine. Use it in a way that will raise the stakes of the film and be impactful for Ripley. Have Ripley be awake to see them die. Give this character a real stake in their deaths. It, give, give her that thing, like, oh, if I could have done this one thing, I might have been able to save them. The way that this film discards these three characters rips all of the heart out of Aliens and completely changes the Ripley character. She found her new family. She got, she like, the whole thing that I was talking about in Aliens, how Aliens is this, this amazing movie about, like, overcoming suicide and, like, overcoming suicidal thoughts and depression and finding a reason to live on, like, Padme Amidala. Um, <laughs> um, this film completely sad. rips that... It completely rips it away from from Ripley to make a sequel about the film uh, of to that film where it's obvious that Ripley should have been fighting to protect Hicks and Newt. Like it should have obviously like that was the family they were setting up. The sequel to this movie I feel like obviously should have been Ripley is getting attacked by an alien again, but this time she actually has a connection to Hicks and Newt and her pet Bishop, which I'm calling her pet um, because <laughs> that's basically what Bishop is. She's like, oh, cute Bishop, we love him. Um, <laughs> instead, this film's about nothing though. Like, it should have been a movie about protecting your family. This is a movie about despair. That's it. Which we already got that. It's called Alien. It's much better. I'll say and this she one kills thing herself that. at the end. And then she kills herself at the end. So it completely <laughs> reverts the entire the entire arc that she had in Aliens. It just completely says, no, gone. She kills herself instead. Damn. I, I love what this movie does. I love that we don't have her see the deaths of Newt and Bishop. Because it's even more impactful for me and for Ripley, the fact that she wakes up expecting to see these two other people. But no, no, you, they don't even give her, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to see that. We, 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 all she sees are their dead bodies. And that's so heartbreaking. And that's what I love about this movie. And you're completely correct. This is a such a dark, depressing departure from Aliens. It, it's completely different. And that's why I love it. Because as I said, like I, I had some problems with aliens, and I just wasn't completely on board at times. And I love what this movie does, where it completely turns it around and it goes, nope, like she is completely stripped away of everything, even more so an alien. This isn't necessarily like this is also about surviving, like like it was an alien, but it's more so about I I, I love how she's grappling with wanting to die and wanting this to be over. And this alien that's been a part of her for so long. And I love how all of that is stripped away and we are just left with Ripley. I love this as a character study. And I think she's, this is the best she is in any of the movies. I think she's amazing. In this movie. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Even better than the original. Oh, absolutely. I, I will hold by that. And I think, I think she's, I think she's, in terms of the ranking, from best to worst, I'd go Alien 3, Alien, then Aliens. She's great in all of them, but I think she's amazing in this one. She is so settled into this character. And this is the first movie that actually lets her breathe. The, as I said, all the other movies, she gives great performances. But this is the movie that we, we are with Ripley the entire time. Like I, I just I find her so confident in this role. I think it's amazing. 
I think that for the most part, I can really tell that Sigourney Weaver just is so over it. She didn't want to be there. You could tell she didn't want to be there. She, I mean, like, (laughs) when she was like, you need to let me die, she meant, you need to let this character die because I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I think it really comes through in her performance, especially, I mean, it's just, the stakes are gone. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. there's, like, everything, like you said, Ryan, everything that they set up with this whole new family, everything that they brought into it, it's just there's no reason anymore and they they try to throw you a bone with with tywin lannister and her fucking at one point but that doesn't matter because he gets killed like immediately after mm-hmm. um and and it's just it, it really like it's it's so like it's not even dark and depressing in like an interesting way it's like yeah. it's just at the point where it's like clearly the people working on this movie had no idea what they wanted to do with this story they had no idea what they wanted to do with like a wrap up to this character i mean like and the people just didn't want to be there it's just to me it like it's not like an exciting, dark and depressing, like brooding kind of thing. It's just boring because there's no stakes in it. And Ripley keeps demanding to die throughout the entire mm-hmm. course of this, which to me, her the fire in her that we've seen in like these last two films, completely gone in this one. Yep. She is so much of a better character in Alien and Aliens. And it's, it, it's disheartening to watch. And like, she was clearly bored making this movie and I was bored watching it. Well, like, we've always either cared about Ripley and wanted her to survive, or we've cared about some, like, really interesting, cool ensemble um, that, which, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about it. I don't think this ensemble is interesting at all. Nothing. Um, I mean, the whole point of them is that they're all supposed to be the same. It's just a bunch of bald guys who are all really violent. Um, but we've we've always either cared about uh, a, a cool, vibrant cast, uh, or we care about Ripley's survival, and and or both. Um, and in this movie, Ripley wants to die, so we want her to die. And like the worst case <laughs> scenario is like the alien just wipes out this like prison island of all these violent guys, and it's like yeah. we 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 don't care, we don't really care about anyone surviving. Like I found myself watching this movie and just being like, I don't care about this. It. It's funny because all the reasons you guys are giving for why you hate this movie and why you don't like the character of Ripley is all why I love it so much. It's because of how different it is. And I genuinely do think it is the like um, the distance from the first time that I, that, that I saw Aliens and, and re-watching it now because I love how you're completely correct. I, I would disagree and I think there is a bunch of fire in her. And I think we see that come through in her leadership and she still has the same argumentative spirit. But I, I, I think you're right in saying that this is a very hopeless Ripley. Um, and it's it's difficult to watch and it's and it's very disarming. But that's why I love about it. And I think it's a very distinct film in its vision. And whereas I thought that Aliens gets a, gets a little um, can, can blend in with a lot of other movies from that time period. I, I think this movie is so distinct. And I, and I would disagree. Mm-hmm. I know Brenda, you said that like it's 
it's a change, but it, but it's boring and it's not interesting. For me, I am so interested in this film because I'm always so invested in the beautiful cinematography, in the beautiful, beautiful production design, the beautiful world, and that's what keeps me intact. As well as I, as I said, this is different from what you guys think, but the beautiful performance of Sigourney Weaver in this movie. Well, so you know, I don't think she's necessarily bad. I don't think she's necessarily bad in this movie. I think that she just looks bored. And I think that yeah. she's doing what she can. And well, okay, so I'll get into my like reason that I think that this is a complete betrayal of the Ripley character. Like she is a shell of the character that she was in the first two films, which is saying what you like. But one thing before I get into like actually like my reasons for why I, why I dislike Ripley in this film um, as a character. Again, her performance is fine. She just looks like she doesn't want to be there. I feel like Matt that all this stuff. I really anticipated you disliking this movie because i feel like this movie not only does it spit in the face of aliens like most directly which is the film i love i feel like this also spits in the face of alien which is your favorite movie of all time which is just like mind-boggling to me that this movie that like directly insults one of your favorite your favorite movie of all time is a, is a good movie to you i don't know if you just if you can even quantify that like why you feel that way i'm just curious to hear what you have to say before i get into what i think about ripley just because it's like a very different movie and takes a diversion from Alien, this is a very different Ripley. Doesn't mean that that I hate it because I feel like this is a very logical next step in her arc. I would hate to have a Ripley arc where for the entire thing she is fiery, gung ho. We're gonna kill this alien. We're gonna get it done, and I win every time. And that's why I love this movie because it's completely different. It's a complete diversion from the gung ho American militarism of Aliens. Her character had to go to a different place, and I love that they do this. It's not for me. It's I wouldn't go as far, go as far as to say it's a, it spits in the face of Alien. I definitely think it's a lot different, but I think the character, the the overall arc, works completely well, and that's why I love it because it but, feels like the Ripley, like it, it is the same Ripley that we've known and loved, just hopeless and and with no one left that she loves, and, and that's why I find it so interesting to watch. But isn't the next you you said it's it's kind of like the place where the story needed to go for Ripley? Isn't it so obvious at the end of Aliens that it like. She lost everything in Alien. She gained something back in Aliens. And if you're going to finish a trilogy with Alien 3, it should be her protecting what she had what she had found in Aliens. That's like the natural progression. And See, this, for me, you cut back for me, to... I'm just saying you cut say, back to me, the first movie. <laughs> you just cut yes. back to the first movie where she has nothing again. And, and it's less. It's a lesser movie. It's basically... This movie is a lesser version of Alien. See, I love that they do that. I love that they, they, they go back to the, to the first movie structure because, for me, Alien at its core is a stark, minimalistic horror movie. You know what I mean? Where, where it is sure. Ripley versus, versus an alien. And I love that they strip it down. And I know that that may just be like a preference thing because I know you really liked Aliens a lot more than I did. But I love that we go back to just, just the bare minimum. And I know even though they give a, a really stupid explanation for the for the no guns thing, I love that there are no guns in this movie because because mm -hmm. it, you know because then you can't use the argument of like in aliens why didn't they just shoot it because we have nothing and I love how we just have nothing no guns we have to rely on on these limited resources and this ragtag group of people and that's why I love this movie. I think with the no guns thing, um, yeah, I get that they kind of had to change up the conflict a little bit, but it just it's it feels like. It feels like Sigourney Weaver is... We don't ever really see her being a badass in this movie, I wouldn't say. And hmm. and I think maybe that's because... she's she, always been. Right, which she's always been. But maybe that's because, you know, she wants to die. Maybe that's because uh, the actor was just bored, uh, which, which makes me bored when I'm watching it. But, like, <clears throat> it feels like she never really got to do anything. But she was still yeah. supposed to be the main character of it, which just... 
that just... But what about the ending when she brings together this whole group of people and she's the one who, you know, they get the, the molten lead on top of the alien. They're tracking it yeah, through the corridor. Yeah, and then that doesn't work. She's... And she's not even yeah. the one who does it. But she's very much so in charge in that whole situation. She She's the one who gives the rousing speech to everyone. For me, she still has that fire in her. Yeah. She doesn't give the rousing speech, though. It's the Charles S. Dutton character who's always given speeches in this movie. But she's still the one that people will look to, her and Charles S. Dutton. I, I still think that she's a great, like, she's a leader in this movie, albeit a very hopeless person. Brendan has, okay. been, Brendan has been raising his yes, chan- sorry. hand in the oh, chat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, this, is, this is what I get for having my Skype call in the corner. I can't see all of you when you're talking. Hi. Sorry. Yeah, I no, I had something that I just wanted to talk to Matt about, because it's. I feel like something that you and I have both agreed on with the other Alien um, films, especially Alien, the, the first one, um, that should be the subtitle of the first movie, Alien, the first one. Um, is how that world felt so lived in by the cast and, and how the rest of the, like the supporting characters and how Ripley, like obviously like distinguishes herself. And that's kind of hard to go back to now that like, we're like, okay, well, Ripley is like the main character. We know that even though Sigourney Weaver didn't want to be, but, uh, something that I felt was really lost in this movie, especially, um, is just like an environment that really feels lived in. And and I know that it's hard to make a prison really feel lived in unless you're like really in there with the inmates. And we didn't really get that in this movie, especially because we were following Ridley this, uh, Ridley, Ripley this whole time. Um, We're getting back to Ridley Scott. Just give it a few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, that that was definitely something that I took issue with. And I, I was wondering if you felt the same way, because for the most part, I didn't feel like this world felt super lived in. I felt like it was a kind of like thrown together. And I know you mentioned earlier how you would have liked to see like the wooden world. And I actually think that that world probably would have felt more lived in than this one. But I, I don't well, know how you feel about that. Well, Matt, before before you answer this, I, I want to add my own question on this, which which kind of ties in. But I was wondering, since we've talked a lot about Ripley, uh, kind of, maybe kind of ex- exhausted that conversation. But I, I would love to know. I still have um, points I want to say about Ripley. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm I, talking I wanna, for an hour. I want to know, Matt, <laughs> what are your what are your thoughts on on this ensemble? Because. I don't. I, I think they're all pretty generic. I, I don't think it's very exciting. We've had a lot of varieties Despite in the past. Despite some and, really good actors in yeah. this cast. Yeah. Paul McGann. No, yeah. Yeah. So, so your thoughts first, on all of that. Yes. First to answer Logan's question. Again, like I said, this is a flawed film, and I will give you that. I, I do think the ensemble suffers a lot. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I dislike it as much as you guys do, but but I and I haven't seen the assembly cut, but I, I know that they, they try to flesh it a lot more, uh, especially with the character of Gallic. Yes, there's uh, a whole again. subplot with him in the assembly cut. Yeah, yes, Eighth doctor, uh, best doctor. Uh, so, so I will, I will give you a bit of that. That the I think I do think the uh, uh, the cast does suffer. But the, but speaking to Brendan's production design uh, comment, I love the design of this movie. And although yes, I would have loved to see the wooden world, I love what we get here. I think this is absolutely beautiful. And like I said with aliens, one of my problems was when I think of aliens. I think of like really cool action things, you know. I look, I, I think about the the cool scenes, but I I can't recall any of the specific set pieces. I can't recall any really really interesting design, other mm-hmm. than I would say you know, the queen design of the of the alien at the end. Mm-hmm. But the robot unlike aliens, and the so, va- like vacuum space hatch thing, it's a pretty cool. Set. The the va- which one? The the thing the end of the, the movie. End. Yeah. That like the, sucks. The vacuum. It su- sucks the stuff in his okay. Face. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was all right. But but for me, that whole movie never had a distinct vision to it. And it's why, for me, it kind of just blends in with other movies from that time period. 
Like, and that's why I love Alien so much, and I love that this movie has is so distinct in its visuals. And I will hold that I think this is a beautiful-looking movie. And for me, the first time I saw it, I hated the cinematography. I hated the low angles. But this time, I, I thought it turned out stunning. I think it was my first time seeing it on Blu-ray. Um, I think this world feels very, very lived in. It's very okay. grimy. It's very much so that 90s grungy style from the fashion all to, like, the, the the rubble that they're crawling through. When she gets Bishop out of the trash, one of my favorite scenes. I think it looks absolutely beautiful, and that's what keeps me interested in this movie, along with the other things. Sure. But, Floyd, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so I want to agree with you on one point and then disagree with you on another. So the the reason that this movie will not get, like, a D- minus or an F from me is because I actually really like the cinematography of this film. Sure. And I, I, I think... The cinematography and like just the style of the movie feels very David Fincher. And if you've seen Seven, you can see like you can tell that he made these two movies back to back. It has the same style. Mm -hmm. I just think it has a vastly inferior script, which is like basically my point with this movie is that the script is terrible because it didn't exist. Um, So the cinematography is really good. I'll give you that. I the, the very first time they did the POV, I was like, do I like this? And then they did it again. And I was like, yeah, I like it. Um, really, so I I, yeah, I actually like the hate POV that. Stuff I hate the POV. I have I think to disagree. They overuse with... it a bit. Yeah, I hate oh, yeah. the POV a bit. I think in the assembly cut, it, it's a little more spread out. It's not like always right back to back. So I think it actually, I, I as as I've said, I think for both of the uh, previous two movies, I do prefer the assembly cut to the theatrical cut. I really like despise the theatrical I cut. Just but think the with... assembly cut is at least decent. I just think and then with just the POV, one thing about production like... design. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to add about the POV. It's like Go ahead. the whole time he's been the not he, but um, the the xenomorph has been so it. mysterious, and this just like it takes away some mystery. It's like, hey, do you want to see what the xenomorph is seeing? Not really. Here you go, anyway. And it's just like <laughs> it's like just a like a cartoon. warped. It was like a warped, like twisty thing, like you would see like in like a dream sequence in some '90s coming of age movie. It was so weird. Or like mm-hmm. in the Shaggy Dog. From the dog's oh, point of view. <laughs> oh my god. That's not where my dog. brain went. But this is supposed to be a dog alien, so... It is. Okay, it's a dog. actually, this is what... I want to make a point about the production design. Because I, I gotta disagree. I think the production design here is just drab and boring. Like, I, I... The production design on the... What I said about the production design on Alien is that although the layout of the ship didn't quite make sense to me, I still think it's one of the most gorgeously produced... Um, sets very set cool. pieces that i've ever seen and i think aliens is a very well designed film there is nothing interesting about the production design of this film it's so cheaply made too that the walls were literally made from cardboard <laughs> literally the, the the amount of effort that went into this movie was that the walls were cardboard and i feel like about, that says so much about the movie <laughs> i think the shots of uh when charles s Dutton or when the warden in the beginning of the movie is giving the speech and we see all the people over on the sides and then we get these sweeping shots of this you know this tall prison corridor or when we hear uh, uh the, the medic charles s dance's character talking to ripley and we, we don't see them we just hear their voices and it's this beautiful this shot that goes down and down and we finally settle on them i think this production is beautiful absolutely gorgeous i love it's very reminiscent of seven especially once we get into the hospital with the ripley framed against the um you know the, the white dirty uh hospital curtains when she when people are in the shower with the water oh i think this is beautiful to look at and i know i haven't seen the entirety of the assembly cut but the beginning of the assembly cut um when we looks see much better oh my god it's absolutely gorgeous when he's it's walking much better. When, when charles s dance's character is walking with, with the cape flowing behind him oh my god that's so gorgeous i love that saying. beginning 
I like the cinematography of this film. I don't like the production design. So oh. you can separate the two. I like what the camera does. I don't like what the camera's looking at. So that's kind of like basically the difference for most of the time, you know? Like, obviously, the shot of Charles uh, dance with the cape. Awesome shot. But Beautiful. once you actually get onto the planet is where I don't like it. And mm. um, I think I think the reason why a lot of this movie, like in terms of the production design, felt false was that it, it, it felt it was bleak, first of all. I actually just, because I'm doing this project, going back and watching a lot of old movies from like the 1920s and 30s, um, watching all the Best Picture nominees, and there's a movie called The Big House, which was like the first big prison movie. And actually, the warden's office looks identical, basically, to The Big House. It was very obvious that David Fincher watched The Big House before this movie. And so much of the design of this movie felt like The Big House, but it didn't feel like it had any of the like the griminess and like the the crammedness like it doesn't feel crammed which is i feel like this movie should feel crammed um the way that that movie felt like there was like three people in a cell literally only one person could be standing at a time like just the way that movie like really dealt with space even though i don't actually if you go and look at my letterbox i only give it two and a half out of five i don't think it's that great of a movie but in terms of production design seeing that done so much better in 1930 to see 62 years later you do an inferior version of this with an alien movie i think is why it even stuck out to me even more so I'd like to talk about, along with that, just the concept of this whole prison society. Because it, it does something, I think it's not a bad idea, but it does something that I feel like does kind of spit in the face of some things that I liked in the first two movies. Um, we had, uh, we, we've talked about um, a, a pretty drastically marked uh, uh, lack of sexuality in in these mm. movies um when when there's some nudity shown not and not really nudity but we had this whole conversation um with alien how uh about you know, practical underwear right at the end with with the practical <laughs> underwear maybe the underwear was impractical but uh it's it didn't feel like that scene was supposed to be like you know look at this woman's body and objectify it it, it wasn't was, eroticized exactly and and in this movie it feels like it takes the Alien franchise to a way more sexual place than it ever had to be. Like, it was so bizarre to me when... Like, it didn't even register at first that uh, that Ripley and this other character had sex. I was like, wait. Yep, I was like, they, wait, hold on. I was like, <laughs> Do they have why? Sex? Why would that have happened? Um, and the fact that, like... The fact that, like, she almost gets raped at one point and they're always just, like, making innuendos about her, like, uh, it just... I get that, like, yeah, maybe this kind of thing was would happen if she were put in this situation, and but like, it felt like it was taking it to a place that this franchise didn't need to go, and and something that I really liked about, and like, in the in the last movies, it didn't really matter that she was a woman. It was like it was just fun because she was a badass, and mm. they never really they never really mentioned that. They never talked about it. They never had to, and in this one, the whole point of it, the whole point of the movie is that like she's a woman. Coming in here, like literally the, weirdly the entire, sexist. Yeah, the entire point is that uh, it's supposed to be weird for these guys that she's a person coming in who has different genitals. Like that's the entire premise. And that's that's what I love about it. Oh god, <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> this I feel like this is gonna be happening a lot. Yeah, but I love how Alien has always so we're been an hour in. It's already uh, happened. Alien a lot. as a franchise has always been body horror, right? It's always like in the first movie, Giger's design, the alien was. It would violate you. It was very, it was very gross and bursting out of your chest. And yes, as you said, it was mostly implied in the other movies. But you know, there was there was a lot, you know, workplace sexism with the uh, Wayland Utani and 
uh, in the board meeting. The implication there is, you know, we don't believe you because we think you're a hysterical women, even mm-hmm. though that wasn't outright said. And I love how they take it to an to its extreme in this movie, which which you know they do with a lot of things. And I can understand if maybe it's too extreme for you, but for me, I really liked it. I liked how they took it to its extreme, where they took they took it to where now you just being a woman, just just that very fact, and we're gonna point that out. It makes you a target here and makes you a temptation and a sin for these people. And I love how it's this whole different type of body horror like that, where it's literally your femininity that, that does that. And it's, but for me, it doesn't, I don't think it feels exploitative. I, I, I think it's, I think it's, this is a very gross movie and I think it's really grimy and I think it's very, very Fincher in some, in some ways. And I do think that it's, it is interesting, Logan, how that is the first sex scene. It, even though we don't even see mm-hmm. the sex happening in the Alien franchise, so that you know when we do see them lying in bed, it's like, wait, wait, what? And I do have. I didn't know that can happen that. in this universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't have problems with um leaning into that side of her personality. Like I, I would never want Ripley to be some sort of agendered character, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do agree that I, I think that I do, do think their relationship is very, very forced. But yes, I just don't necessarily know if it's like handled with the correct amount of respect. Like, you know, there's there were a lot of aspects where we talked about how in the original Alien it was to make every single person in the audience uncomfortable through that body horror. And I, I feel like instead of, you know, instead of like progressing as the series went on and making it more uncomfortable, I actually feel like it took some steps back with this, you know, because it, it, I understand what you're saying, how it's like, oh, like being feminine, like makes you a target. But then it's like, it's it's too close to the real world uh, she never overcomes it then though yeah Yeah. she never overcomes it she she is caught like the 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 rape scene itself is like really weird they put like he puts on goggles there's rock music playing he does put on goggles when he's about to rape her that's a little strange it's very strange And, and i i think that it's like it's not so much anymore like hey we're trying to like like screw with everyone's head in the obvious uh, in the audience but more or less just like hey look a woman let's we're gonna violate her like it 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 feels weirdly backwards compared to like the first movie and and the other like uses of like rape and and like sexual violence throughout the series And, and i i don't know i just don't think it's done very well here there was some movie help me remember there was some movie that we talked about on this podcast where we were grappling with, yes, they're showing that this, you know, that this over-sexualization and sexual harassment and stuff is bad. But on the other hand, they are showing it, which is sort of part of the problem. Do you guys remember? Blade Runner. Was it Blade Runner? Oh, you weren't on that show. Because I wasn't on that. But maybe it was, maybe I listened to that? No, I don't remember. Was it Mulholland Drive? It may have been Mulholland Drive. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably Mulholland Drive. Yeah. So I think it's, it is sort of a similar kind of thing. Uh, but I think, yeah, no, it, you're, you're right. She never really overcomes it. She just kind of deals with it. She's like, yeah, I was, I was always, I was almost raped by a guy in goggles, but you know, I just, I guess we'll just live with that fact and not pay attention to it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a couple points here that I want to make. Yeah. First of all was another, um, Another one of my bullet points that I wanted to hit was that this movie was vulgar instead of interesting. Yes. And this is one of the points that I really wanted to hit. This gang rape scene, it happens. It doesn't have any effect on the plot. 
It is never mentioned again. It is just there to make you uncomfortable in a way that is supposed to be uncomfortable. Other way that this movie is unnecessarily gross just to gross out the audience instead of actually doing real work like Alien did to make the audience uncomfortable. Hicks mutilated body getting just shown over and over again. Newt's dead body and then an autopsy on the dead body on top of a 10 year old's naked body. A dog being brutally killed on camera. A gang rape scene and random prisoners just becoming blood geysers. Like this movie goes for the gross out before it tries to do anything interesting which is so frustrating especially when it's using sexual violence in this way that should be handled with such care and instead of just it's just a 30 second scene to show that dylan's gonna beat these guys up and show that you need to learn your religion again and then ripley's gonna punch one of them in the face and then it's never mentioned again and then on top of that she becomes a leader of these people and it's supposed to just be like this never happened it's just so irresponsible Mm mm-hmm that's fair. I mean, I mean, to be fair, the guys who do, uh, who do, who are in this scene, who do attempt to rape her, are the ones who are later killed. So we're not the ones that are that are left at the end that we are rooting for, that you know well, that that Ripley has acquired with her in her. Team. They are all Although, rapists, I never though. Think... They're all rapists yeah, and killers. Though. I know it's interesting, but for me, this movie never, like, it never feels in that last scene. Like I'm, I'm never rooting for these characters in terms of the prisoners. It never feels like the movie yeah. is telling me to yeah, root exactly. for them. Exactly. Right. It's never which we're is never a problem for them. We never want them to to survive. Like, is it supposed to be cathartic for the to watch these people die, or really are we supposed care, to be though. like rooting for them to survive? Because we we want we want them to die because they're like horrible people, and we want Ripley to die because she wants to die. The, like, I think the problem is that even with these horrible horrible people, like it's not cathartic because everyone in the movie is terrible and and Ripley wants to die. Like if there was someone that I was like actually rooting for to survive and like Newt had survived, if Newt had survived, but like if there was someone that I was like, if they, these people were committing horrible atrocities against people that I wanted to root for, I think I would be more cathartic for me to watch them die. But because every single person in this movie is garbage, I'm just like, yay, a bunch of dead people, whatever. Think about how interesting the dynamic would have been if Newt would have been alive and Ripley knew that she was infected and Ripley wanted to die but had to be around for Newt. Stakes go through the roof. The, exactly. Well, not, not even through the roof, just there are stakes. Yeah. yeah. Stakes yeah. as opposed to aliens, as opposed to the movie we have. Which again, before I mean, Matt, I know that you're going to rebuttal this. I just yeah. want to add one more point before you before you rebuttal. Mm-hmm. This is what's hard about having one person like a movie and three people dislike. That is like the three people are trying to all get in their points yeah. and then to let the one person rebuttal. Um, so just my real quick one point, like I said, how this movie kind of spits in the face of Alien. I feel like it's rehashing the first film with none of the stakes and lesser characters. So what you said you love so much about the original, Matt, is that like you feel like there's this camaraderie on the Nostromo. It feels very human. And I feel like there's none of that in this movie. Now that our three character, three other characters that we cared about, cared about from Aliens are discarded, we move on to new characters. Clemens is the only interesting character on this planet, and I have written in my notes... I like Clemens, and they're going to find a way to fuck that up. Literally five minutes later, they killed him. Yep. Like, it was so frustrating. This is a colonist, a colony of Wait, was rapists that the and killers. Yeah, the doctor, yes. who she slept with, oh, right. which I have a problem that yeah. she slept with, which I'll get back to in a point because I have just so many problems that I'm trying to juggle in the air right now. This is a colony of rapists and killers, and I don't care if they die. In fact, I wanted them to die. And just I just wanted this to turn into a boring slasher film where I could see them die in just entertaining ways because that was the only way that I would see anything that I, like, was remotely interested in. And, and the characters are so much lesser. Like, Dylan being, like, basically the replacement for, I don't know, like, Parker or um, the leader character. So I guess it was um, Dallas. That's so poor. And then the stakes are so much lesser than an alien because I don't care about the people that the alien is killing and chasing after. Ripley wants to die. I don't care about the characters. It's so much lesser. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think what it's going to come down to, as I've said before, is that I don't know if it's an agree to disagree thing or a preference thing, but I I don't know. I, I I felt stakes this entire time. This entire time, I was so focused on Ripley. I was so focused on her mission to to finally rid herself of this alien, and and, it, and it's the pressing movie, and it's it's hopeless. But I don't know. For me, that never. I, I always felt such a sense of dread and such such a sense of stakes, and um, I, I do think some of your points are valid with, uh, in terms of the inmates. Um, I I don't know. I, I I still really like this movie. I I I always felt like there was there was tension. There there were stakes. There was a sense of dread, and for me, it was Ripley who sold it. I I don't know. Guys, I just want to say one thing. The thing that really bothers me. Well, there's a many things that really bother me. One thing that really bothers me. Is that as we've always said, the even though there hasn't been sex in this series, everything with the alien is very much genitalia based, mm-hmm. sex based, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if if getting impregnated by um, a face hugger and then having an alien inside you is like the like metaphor for rape, right? Isn't it so so sad and backwards that her only escape from that? is suicide yep and that's what this movie gives you the end of aliens it tells you that you can get over that you can move on you can find people that love you you can love other people have that move on create a new life this movie says no fuck that kill yourself that is atrocious yeah see i disagree i i i I don't think that's that's how the end of the, the the movie finishes up in such a in that harsh of a way as I said, for me, I I love that we move away from the from the optimism of Aliens and we return to the hor- the the core horror of this franchise. And for me, I do think that there is some catharsis at the end that she has saved the entire planet. And and it, for me, it is. I mean, she she has been wanting this to be over for so long, so it is hopeless in that sense. But I don't know. There's something there's something triumphant in seeing her you know, return to victory and have one last stand against the company one last time. I think it's, I think it is a sad ending, but I think it is victorious in a way. I think I just have a problem with the fact that our solution to the, the metaphor in pop culture for rape is suicide by the, by the end of our main character. I just, I I don't know how I'm supposed to like go with that. You know, I, I get, I get that you felt the despair and that there was a little bit of hope just for me personally, though, just like, Especially as someone, I'm not a survivor of sexual violence. I can't imagine someone being a survivor of sexual violence, watching this movie, having the first two movies be this like amazing thing. Like you can survive this, you can get better, mm-hmm. you can overcome this. This this does not define you. To then have Alien Three be like, no, it defines you. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Dark. And I know, I know, it's just agree to disagree, and I know that that's not where you're coming from. That you're like, oh, this is good. I know that's not what you're saying, Matt. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm-hmm that that's the way the movie rubbed me and that's why by the end of this movie i was like no i'm i i can't do this anymore um the thing so even disregarding the questionable messaging um Mm -hmm. that that was just brought up uh why doesn't she kill herself earlier good point yeah like it almost feels like it almost feels like that what she tries to about it almost feels like that line that she says like uh, later in a scene, which I which I think is really terrible, like it's been around for so long and she doesn't she doesn't remember how to live like without it. Like she's just fighting aliens because that's what she does in the Alien franchise, and she you know she has to stay alive so that she can help fight a- th- this alien. But like if she wanted to die, she could just do it. Yeah. Well, I think there it. was a piece of her that because we see in the scene where she's with um is it Dylan is that his name? 
right? In in the cell yeah. where she asks him, like, kill me, get this over with. And then eventually he refuses and said, no, we're, we need you because we can use you. We can kill off this alien, save the world, and then and, and then and then you can kill herself. So I think there was always I think there was always a piece of her that, that survivalist in Ripley that was saying that that wouldn't let her kill herself on her own. I'm saying without without victory over this, without finally vanquishing this foe, which has been a part of her for so long. And I think that's kind of the turning point in the movie where her hopelessness, she's still hopeless for the rest of the movie, but it turns into one last stand. Okay, one last time, I will defeat this, and then I'll go out. And, and so th- that's why I like it. Can we just talk about that scene where she says that? I'm assuming, I'm assuming, Floyd, that you're not, you, you're not, you're not, uh, not hoping anymore to do chronological. No, yeah. I, I knew that this move, that this podcast would be like different than any of our other podcasts. Yeah. No, we're not going through the pot, through the plot. No, we're I think it's another movie. I just I, I think this what it was. Yeah, I mean, I I think this has been a, a great episode so far, and I'm I know I think I love this. I'm, I'm sorry, Matt, that you're the only one. I wish that someone else was on your yeah. side, so it doesn't feel like we're all attacking you. But you're, you're I was doing, hoping you're... to get one. Like I sorry, said, man. this is reverse Last of the Jedi. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's a it's a yeah. It's it's still a great conversation on both sides, I would say. But um, uh, what did I want to? Oh, th- this scene with the um, where she says the line to no one. I just feel like you guys know what, what what I'm talking about. I'm seeing confused looks where she says it's the line, the the scene where she says you've been a part of me for so long that whatever, oh, yeah, yada, she's yada. like about to attack the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. She's not saying it to anyone to who, who I'm could gone. even understand her anyway. And, and a superior movie like alien or even aliens would just have this implied. They wouldn't need to spell it out for you. Um, this would be, and again, maybe this was just the fact that they didn't have a script, but if you're writing a script, you can, you can fit this message into the script other ways, rather than just having her say this line to no one. And <laughs> this is a thing that could happen in other movies, but, but seeing Alien and Aliens, this is, those movies would never burden us with just randomly said lines of dialogue that are just said, it's just said just for her. She has plenty of times that she's face to face with the alien in this movie too that she could have said it. Yeah, even though like they don't understand English and that would have been a kind of weird thing to say to an alien. Like I don't know, maybe maybe that helps her. Like when she says, "Get the point across." That's more. what's happening here. She's, I mean, the she's she thinks she's speaking to the alien, even though we find out that it's a pipe. So that's what's happening here. She's speaking to the alien, and, and that's what I love about it. That that she she knows this thing is a good response she knows this thing doesn't understand her but she and that's it's why not, she's saying it it's not like the get away from her you bitch where it's like a a, a cool catchphrase that she does before she does something badass it's like the complete <laughs> antithesis of that yeah, yeah it's like it's to convey knowledge but it's not to convey knowledge for to the alien because even if the alien were there it wouldn't understand what she's saying it's just to convey the knowledge to us I like it because she, I think it is to the alien, even though it's not going to pick it up. It, it's this, this hopeless statement out into the void. Like, you have been a part of my life so long that I don't, like, I can't even fathom. And this is one of those slow moments with the alien. Because when we actually go back, she has had very, like, in, in the movie in Alien, her, she has very rare encounters with the alien. It's very fast paced. She runs across a hallway, right? She gets away. And then the alien, it's these very, like, outsized uh, times, right? We have the big alien queen, and it's this big gunfight moment. I love mm-hmm. here. It is slim down and we just get her and what is eventually a tube but her and the alien in the dark just speaking and it's just just i just think it's such a poetic moment i think it's so beautiful and it completely sums up her complete arc like yeah 
And it, it, you have been a part of me. I don't know what else to do. It's her hopelessness. I just want to throw this in here quick about uh, the alien and its design itself. Um, you know, I, I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. the the four legged alien a little bit uh, a little bit different. Uh, sizing of the alien throughout the movie changes. it changes. All, it's all it's over bad. the place. It's, bad. It, it's terrible um, because the original alien suit was created for a person. Uh, I, <laughs> I found this out as I was reading about it. Which the alien suit looks good. The alien suit does. does look good, yeah. but do you know that they made a dog alien suit? They put a poor yep. little dog in it, and he couldn't hit his marks because he didn't have enough time to train for it. And I felt yep. so bad for him, for this poor little pupper in an poor alien puppers. suit. Uh, but yeah, no, the alien the alien suit looks fine, but it just changes shape, and the continuity of it is just horrendous. And the effects of the miniature that they, they use with blue screen yeah. looks atrocious. Yeah. And it's crazy because this movie was nominated for an Academy. For special effects. Well, it oh, is. Because I'm assuming this was one of the first instances of CGI ever used, and it looks awful. Well, so it's screen. actually, so it's, they, it's, it's a combination of a rod puppet, a mm-hmm. practical effect that they made, and then That's some, right. and then like an actual person in a suit, and then they just did a composite and put it no. into the film. But it's I actually terrible. think it looks The lighting quite bad. looks different. I actually think that the xenomorph looks quite bad. I think it looks it's really? it's akin to the Tauntauns on Hoth like in episode stuff. five, which I also think look absolutely <laughs> terrible. Can I say, yeah, so the way they shot this, yeah, very similar to what Matt said. Basically, they had a miniature with rods on it, and they put it behind a blue screen. They Mm -hmm. basically then took the shot that they had of the actual hallway and the shot that they had of the prancing, you know, alien and stuck them together using blue screen. (laughs) And that's how they did it. But the actual alien suit, I think, is the best alien suit that we've had so far. And this is is amazing. When we get that sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best best alien suit, like, in terms of the suit, when it's there, like, when it's up in Ripley's face, that's an iconic shot. That's one of the best shots in the whole franchise, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it is. But it is one of the best shots, but that's an individual shot. Why would there be a mouth inside a mouth? Who knows? It's always been that way, though. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. Well, yeah, but there's still no reason for it. I mean, that was... It's not just an issue with this movie, but... Oh yeah, yeah. It, it looks cool. But, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with the now. decision to put it in. I do want to get back to the point that Matt was making yeah. about the argument with the pipe <laughs> that that she thought was an alien. So I'll give you that that it was supposed to be an alien. Yeah. Here's the problem with that though, and this is what I'm saying that this movie. I've never seen a franchise movie, maybe other than Rise of Skywalker, not understand its franchise as huh. much as Alien Three does not understand the Alien franchise. You know why? It's because. These movies aren't about the alien. They're about the company, and they have nothing to do with this movie. They have nothing to do with this movie until the very end. So Ash in the first movie and and Mother kind of represent, you know, I said this in the last episode, they represent what corporations, you know, they exploit humans. And then Aliens was like, okay, they exploit humans and the environment. And they had that very good, yeah, they had that very good, like, synergy in terms of the way that company and a certain character kind of work together synergy. to do this theme the alien was never the point and that's what i'm saying with this scene that that makes that that i'm saying this movie doesn't understand this movie doesn't understand the fact that the alien was never the villain side it was note always that, Ash. that it is was also, always the corporation that is also why i hate the pov i just wanted to slip that in there but the, the alien sure. is supposed to be the point but, but that's yeah. that's what I'm saying why this movie just doesn't get it. It just doesn't understand that the real ver- – she should be saying that to Bishop at the end of this movie. She should not be saying that to the alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's fair. For me, 
for me, uh, my focus in the previous two films was, I, although I agree, I think the corporation was a really big part of it. I, I think I always just uh, liked the alien more in terms of the design, like more than you. And I, I loved that as the villain. Um, I, I think it's, I mean, definitely there's no, there's no big corporate players in this movie until the very end. I, I mean, certainly the very setting is influenced by the corporation because it's, uh, you know, it's a prison owned by Wayland Utani as a commercial mining venture. Um, but yeah, you know, that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I think it, if that is your focus, if, if that's what you attach to most in the second, in the previous two films, it, it certainly diverts from that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they even say, I forget if it's in, if it's in aliens or if I'm thinking of one of the prequels. Um, but they, it's basically like this thing's just an animal, you know, it's just an animal in nature doing what it does. You can't really like mm-hmm. be overly mad at it for its nature. It's just it, it is literally just nature taking its course. It is the people that are exploiting it and the reason that that's happening. And I guess you're right. It is just the way that I've taken those movies. But I think for me, what bothers me so much about this movie is that those two movies have those distinct themes on top of everything else that I've already talked about. Uh, in terms of overcoming suicidal thoughts, depression, all that stuff. The stuff that this movie already poops on, that I said. <laughs> on top of that, it misses having the company being the main thing, and it misses that very vital aspect of the first two movies. Well, I, I do love how, um, you know, the the, the, uh, the idea of the rescue team coming and saving, you know, the, the one right-hand man to the warden, 85. Morse. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 85. Oh, Morse yeah. is the one that survives. 85 is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How he attaches to this idea of this optimism, like, no, no, this company is going to save us. And I love how then Ripley's like, no, 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 like, you don't understand. I know this company. They they will, they don't, they will not care about you. They don't care if you have a family and kids. Like, they, they are not coming to save you. And that is basically the driving force for the whole ending. So, so I would say there's that. I'll give you that, but I feel like, again, this movie focuses on all of the bad things that the Xenomorph has done more than the company. It's just kind of like that line, and that's kind of it for me and in terms of the whole thing is always fighting the alien in terms of like overcoming the corporation like like we would have been fine in aliens if it wasn't for the corporation if it wasn't for burke putting those facehuggers in there if it wasn't for burke trying to make us go back to get the xenomorph trying to impregnate them all this stuff aliens they could have just escaped with bishop and just peaced out and nuked the colony but it was burke who the one who held them back it was ash the one trying to get them to go and get the facehugger in the first film it was always the corporation True. motivating the alien here it's just random so you don't have that motivation for the for the for the plot, and that's why I'm saying, story wise and script wise, this movie is vastly inferior to the other two because it just doesn't have that narrative heft. It doesn't feel like there's a a screenwriter who's been doing this for a long time saying I'm gonna put these ideas into a movie. It feels like I was hired to put these two scripts together as quickly as I could and release a movie for a studio, which is always gonna be less satisfying for me. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I want to go over a few more things <laughs> before. We, we we end this i know that this has been a long podcast but i'm okay with it because i think this has actually been one of our best ones i agree That's um good. okay so i know that we've talked about newt hicks and bishop a decent amount right we've talked about them a, a, a decent amount but i want to get into it just a little bit more because there are a few things that i want to say about it i think one of my main problems with ripley so this this all ties back into my problems with ripley which i didn't really get into mm-hmm. That once she is a shell of a character herself, like in terms of she's sad, she has nothing to really live for, which I already said why I hate that in terms of the way the messaging of this movie works. On top of that, you need to have Hicks and Bishop's or Newton Hicks Hicks's death be ruminated on by the main character. 
And if you want to kill these characters, that's fine. Have it be meaningful to Ripley. I don't think this. I don't think they actually grapple with the deaths of of Newton Hicks very well in this film. Beyond just wanting to make sure that Newt didn't have a chestburster, that was really the only reason that we go back to Newt's body is just to make sure Newt didn't have a chestburster. Ripley has none of that. I feel like Ripley has none of that actual pain behind her eyes the way that she did in Aliens. Here, she just seems just lost and sad. She doesn't. Yeah. Really, I I feel like she seems sad and hopeless. She doesn't seem like she's. Like, she, she doesn't have that pain that she had in Aliens, which I think is such a downgrade for the character. And the one scene of just her closing Newt's eyes doesn't justify that these deaths of these pe- people that became so important to her happened. Like, it, it that doesn't justify it, on top of the fact that Newt's autopsy just didn't need to fucking happen. That was just an unnecessary scene, because we show later that they have the tech to do an x-ray scan of the body. So why the fuck did you need to show me cutting up a 10-year-old? That's where I'm saying this movie is just trying to gross you out and trying to do vulgar things without an actual message it's, it's trying to say or without an actual reason in the film because they directly contradict it later in the film. Yeah, I mean, this will be an agree-to-disagree thing, but I, but I really do think I see the pain behind her eyes this entire film, and as I said, I really like her performance. That being said... I do think the thing that we can all agree on is that the romance then directly contradicts that because yes. we go from this uh, to that, and it's like okay, it's a bit, it's a bit jarring. Although I will say I don't have as big of a problem with ro- as the romance as I think you guys do because it feels um, a lot less like erotic sex and more just like a hopeless way to find some sort of semblance of, of affection and, and uh, companionship in this world. And see, normally so, I would buy into that. It's just there was nothing else in the movie that like made me like that you know what i'm saying like normally i would like that kind of yeah. idea because you know that's 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 my kind of sex you know yeah yeah <laughs> joyless <laughs> hold on <laughs> yes no love yes <laughs> not shown it was a joke it was a joke it's a joke um it fucks in the dark but returning Confirmed. to returning to the newt's autopsy thing i will say I, I had not thought about how by the end of the movie it, it is kind of unnecessary because ripley points out that you can just use the, the scan and the ship um, but, uh, not, but even without that, I do think it's a really effective scene. I will give you Floyd that I think the one shot of like, um, where you see like actual nudity of, of nude is like, okay, that's, that's too so much. Grotesque. We didn't need to see that, but I think it's disgusting. I think this is genuinely one of the grossest surgery cutting open someone's body scenes i've ever seen once he grabs that freaking saw and just goes yeah, right but it's into not it justify like why are you cutting open a 10 year old why are you doing that there was no plot significance for it and you justify later in the movie that you didn't have to do it for me why it works for ripley's character is is because she has always been a and this is not to say that i'm characterizing her as a cold heartless sterile person but she's always been the type of person who is is able to um you know, a death is able to happen and she's able to feel that effect and we can see that in her performance, but she's able to look ahead and say, okay, that happened, but we need to band together and we need to stop the greater threat here. And for me, that's what I get in this performance and that's why I, that's why this makes sense. And I, I love, I think her performance in the autopsy scene is probably the best she is in the movie uh, for Ripley. I think the pain in her eyes when you can see like this is the last thing that she would want to do, but in order to eradicate this threat, she needs to do it. And but then, as you said, in the end, it's why didn't you just do the cat scan? So I so I will give you that. But but I think this is a really effective scene. I think it's and I I like the way that we we never really see him cutting into the body. And I think that's well, as we talked about Alien, what what we don't see makes it makes it even scarier. And when we hear that sound of the chest being ripped open, terrible, it makes me want to gag. But it's very effective in what it's going for. 
Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I think again, it's just a, agree to disagree. You like that the grotesqueness is there. I just think that it's the most unnecessary thing in the film, in its own plot, and also in terms of the fact that you're just cutting open a ten year old. It just it just feels wrong to me. With so much of this movie, it just feels wrong, and not in a way that's provocative like the original Alien. I mean. It- this is a very Fincher movie. I would say, I mean, the violence is set in seven is even, is even more intense. I mean, once you get the, the lust sin, uh, with the prostitute, I mean, I would say that's even more disturbing than what we see here. Oh, it is. Uh, But I feel like it has, my point is like, I think it has a, has to do with the themes of the movie. It it makes sense within the plot of the film too, especially, I mean, what's in the box. Are you kidding me? That's horrific, but it has Mm -hmm. a point. That's what I'm saying. This scene Mm -hmm. doesn't have a point. If it had a point, I would be okay with it. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah, agree to disagree, I guess. Yeah. Oh, so, <sighs> okay, is there anything that you guys want to talk Yeah, I was going to say, Logan, going Brendan, anything with, you want to talk about? Going along with that, maybe I'm missing something. Why did they have to find out if there was a chestburster in her anyway? If they're just going to burn it, if they're just going to burn the body. Good point. Apparently, Ripley killing herself at the end means that the chestburster will never become an alien, so... Why would they not have just done the same exact thing with Newt's just body? Jettison the body, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Because she had she because Ripley deep down knew that it was the alien, and I think she would never be able to just burn the bodies without without ever knowing actually how they died. And I think it's like a very a very sick thing to know, but it was something that that Ripley. I think it makes sense with their character saying this thing that has haunted me for so long. If it infiltrated my ship, it, it I it, it saddens me and disgusts me. But I need to know. Mm. I need to know. Mm. Wouldn't it have been almost better though if she if she had been infected by by the alien? Like, okay, at least at that point, like it would have been something direct in terms of like, okay, the alien. T- like, if this movie is going to be about the alien, if you want to have that scene where she's talking to the pipe, have it be the alien specifically that took things away from her. But it the wasn't alien that burst out of Newt. Yeah, yeah, the alien that burst that out of Newt. Effect. That would have been, like, if, if the alien bursts out of Newt, like, okay, even if you want to have the double face hugger again, if you want to have the face hugger on Ripley, and let's say you give a, a face hugger to Newt, she, she when they land, you see that she had a chest burster, there's an alien on this compound, and then she's killing the, th- first of all, she's going after the thing that killed her daughter directly, and it's almost like a part of her, like the way that Ash said that, um... Kane's son. Uh... Kane's son it would be like almost a manifestation of newt which i'm not saying that i like this i just think it's more consistent with this movie's ideas the, the things that they're going for yeah i think that that might be a product I, I, of not having script so that there's sure. no central <laughs> yeah. for it yeah that that's fair i do think that like you do need the tension of uh the doctor character not knowing about the alien and not having the alien introduced to the inmates so early if it was a newt but i i, I hear what you're saying Floyd. that makes that's that makes sense that's what i'm saying just like there were so many things like if this is what you wanted to do you could have done it like the way you killed nick you want to kill hicks and newt do it in a way that's going to affect ripley in a better way do it a way that's going to propel the plot forward that's what i'm saying like there's this movie is just so incompetent on a script level that even one of the great directors of our generation, David Fincher, could not save it. Just like his style wasn't enough. His style just wasn't enough. So what I'm curious, as we're, I mean, as we're hopefully nearing the end of this podcast, winding down, yeah, yeah, wind, we're kind of winding down. Um, Floyd, I'm, I'm interested since you watched the, the, what's the alternate cut called here? Assembly cut. The assembly cut. Um, since you watched the assembly cut, you, you seem to say that the the ending plays out a little bit different with, with Ripley's suicide? It, uh, the whole movie plays out somewhat differently. Okay. 
So because there is an ox that is infected instead of the original dog. Okay. There is a whole entire subplot with one of the the workers that he basically like falls in love with the alien and releases it after That's they. Paul McGann's character, um, right? Yeah. I uh, maybe Golic? I don't know. I don't know. They're all generic white guys. Yeah, Golic. That's his name. Exactly. Okay, They're so all it's, generic. It's Paul yeah. Yeah. So um. So he releases it, and that's what kind of restarts the plot. And then the very ending is different because she just goes into the, into the. Uh, this is where the Christ metaphor that I was talking about um, came into effect. She yeah. just goes into the the um, fire, just with her arms out, looking like Jesus, instead of like holding the alien. Yeah, the alien thing. So what was that? Was she like she was like cradling it, right? I think she was holding it so it wouldn't like jump so away. Oh, that's the way I took okay, it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's it, it was a it was a clutching it to her. Yeah. I thought it was a decently yeah. cool idea that it bursts right as she's dying, but but it doesn't make sense time wise. I mean, of, yeah, of course, so. it doesn't make sense timeline wise. But I just could not take it seriously with with the green screen or the blue screen or whatever it was. It just yeah. that shitty a background. Like I just absolutely could not take that seriously. Falling into a computer yeah, save screen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this doesn't. This would be cool. It should be an emotional character death, but like. I'm just, I'm so distracted. It looks like a 10-year-old made this with, you know, it just, like, literally went out and bought a piece of green fabric and then shot this in their basement. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so let's talk about the end of this movie. Yeah. So we already talked about how, you know, we don't like, like, three of us don't like the way that this movie kind of justifies suicide. I think we can move on from that and say, like, we've had our piece on that. When it comes to just the Alien franchise itself... I don't think it does. This doesn't quite make sense when Bishop shows up or whoever made Bishop. So he mm-hmm. shows up and he's like, hey, we want to take it out of you. First and of all, if I were making like, robots, I would not make them to look exactly like me. That's yeah, a weird like, thing. That's you weird. can do whatever you want to me. What? I, mean, I like I like Lance Hendrickson. So I was happy that he was back. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, an actor I like. OK, cool. Um, Even though I like I didn't say this. I like Charles S. Dutton. I think he was really good. I like Charles Dance. He was really good. Um, one other thing, actually, before, I want to point out a positive I like in this movie. Like the score is really great, scene. besides that one rape scene song. The score is <laughs> the really score is great. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. It's very great strange. score. I think, when I was listening to it, I'm like, this score is, is much better than the movie I'm, listening, I'm watching. I think this score is actually, actually really, really good. And it and really I, works. I, besides that electric guitar. Yeah, and it really works like. with the story, and it, it directly helps to subvert expectations, like, um... Oh god! Oh, like once they once they dump the lead in the in the trench before the alien jumps out, there's very like heroic, victorious music playing, and and that uh, I think it's it's important that that plays because it really helps to subvert the expectation. Um, that was just a moment that I really appreciated in the music. But yeah, agree. This with you. this may be blasphemy, but I think it might be the best score of the three. I really like this score. You might be right. It's it's a great score. I I mean I still like the first one better, but I I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, and it's very. I think it definitely complements the, uh, the spiritual metaphors and the, the Christ like sacrifice metaphors in this movie perfectly well because it's very. You have like a whole chorus of singing voices. It feels it feels very, uh, choir church like at times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's really great. But to to get back to the the scene with Bishop. Or Bishop 2, I think, is what he's credited as, which doesn't make sense. Why would he be Bishop 2 if he was the one that made Bishop? I don't know. Which is weird. Bishop things 1. Like, yeah. Bishop, it's like it's like a, uh, it's like the um, Star Wars original trilogy. The, the second one came first, and then we went back and made Bishop 1, and that was Bishop. And wait, um, and then, and then, but didn't he? But that's not my problem. Doesn't he it. also play the robot Bishop at another point in the movie? No, that was actually just an animatronic. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lance Hendrickson was not actually in that scene. That was oh, just an okay. animatronic. They might have used his voice. I gotcha. Yeah, because but... I was, 
I was wondering, like, in the credits then, that did they credit him as Bishop 1 and Bishop 2? But no, only Bishop 2 was in this movie, who was actually the original yeah. Bishop. Okay, mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Um, so, yeah, the, the ending of this movie, she... We don't really care about the Dylan character, I don't think. I didn't really care about the Dylan character. He was he was the best person of them, it seemed, even though he made it very clear that he was also a very bad person. He was just doing good now. So the logic, first of all, when he's going through that, that maze or whatever, and they're, like, backing up, and she starts to climb up, doesn't make any sense. Because he's like, hey, you need to go up top. We need to get you out of there first. But then he just stays there and dies, which doesn't really make any sense. But then... Well, that they... makes sense with his character. Because his whole worldview was, like, there in his uh, spiritual worldview, there was no grace. There was only suffering. And they were all suffering until their eventual demise. So this seemed like a logical conclusion where I, I have lived my life of pain. You know, I, 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 I have repented. I have become a new man. And now it is my time to be taken away. I felt like that was in line with his worldview. I, with the speech I meant, that he gives at the funeral. I meant more the logic of the scene. Like, the way that the okay. mechanics of what they were doing, like, going up. He was like, you need to go up. And then... But he was like, I need you to go up. But he still came up under her so the alien could still come up and get him. And then he was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to peace out. I think it, just the logic of that scene didn't quite make sense in terms of where his character was. In terms of, like, his philosophy, yeah, it makes sense that he would sacrifice himself. I didn't have any problem with that. It was more just, like, the way that he thought that this scene was going to play out just didn't make any sense. Um, sure. But so then the thing that kills the alien, like we said before isn't even ripley it's just this random morse character who made a deal with god to live forever who sucks i who hate sucks. this character. boring yeah he's who's boring. boring and then he's like he basically the just like so 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 ripley's plan fails she doesn't kill it with the lead and then it's just this random guys be like hey turn on the water and then they turn on the water and boom cool that's it yeah. and that's the end of the alien that we didn't care about that came out of an animal so for me, it was just like one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, that was anticlimactic. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then the, the company shows up. And I think this sequence is fine in terms of actual filmmaking. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, the company's here. They're going to don't, 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 don't walk through the, the compound and be menacing and then show up. What, what I don't get is when Bishop is talking, I think this is what I was getting at earlier. He's like, hey, we'll cut it out of you, right? You'll be fine. A few incisions. You'll be cool. Nope. And she's like, you're going to kill it? And he's like, obviously we will kill it. Moments later, he's like, it's a perfect specimen. We have to save it. Like, as soon as she's like, as soon as she's like, no, I'm going to kill myself. He immediately just reneges on that. And is like, no, yeah, we are just going to keep it alive. And then that's, a how liar. is that going to help you? How is that going to help you from killing yourself when you're admitting, admitting that you're just going to actually use it? You know, how does that, how does that get you anywhere when Ripley's already trying to kill mm. herself? Yeah, I, I guess for me it, it worked just because the businessmen were always such slimy, desperate people. And and the fact that they have been – I mean, do we know the amount of years that, that, that she was in uh, hypersleep before she lands on this planet? According to time? the, like, canon timeline that I found, it was like it was like Last Jedi to Force Awakens. It was like right after Aliens. It's supposed to be the same year according to canon. Okay. But but even so, you know, jumping back to Alien, it's been a very long time. So I like to think that just as Ripley has become absolutely hopeless and is, you know, now trying to kill herself to rid herself of this alien, that the company has gotten so desperate that they that this guys that they've operated under for so long is is now off. And he's like, fuck it, okay? Like, I want this alien so badly. But 
yeah, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It, it's I, I just I love this scene so much. I, I love the ending. I love the idea that we have Bishop, who is a face that you know coming after Ash and Alien. Bishop was like, oh, he's the good guy. We're attached to him. We like him. And then they flip it, and it's like, no, this is the corporate man who created Bishop, who is of course evil. And I think Lance Henriksen Henriksen is oh so good in this. He is really good. I love how he's able to sell both things. Uh, for me, I didn't mind the fact that the corporation. Well, okay, I think it's a decent scene, but I think overall their their presence here just seemed tacked on, like that they weren't really a presence for in, during the rest of the movie, they weren't really a force that had anything to do with anything else, so it just kind of seemed weird to me that they were just jumping in yeah. at the end. Yeah, I agree. So, of the two endings, so either way she kills herself here, which again, Matt, you seem to enjoy and see as a logical conclusion for the character... I hate because I feel like it's saying, no, kill yourself to get over your trauma. Um, which maybe, uh, again, Matt, you might not have seen it as that blunt, but that's just how blunt I felt it was. Um, of the two, I definitely prefer, again, the Assembly Cuts version of the ending, where she uh, just falls and just dies. Instead of having the chestburster come out, I feel like that's super melodramatic. That was something that the studio really wanted to happen. I think we mentioned mm-hmm. that already. Yeah. Um, it feels much more cleaner if we don't actually see the chestburster come out of her and she just dies. And you think maybe they could have done, could they have actually done the operation? Could they have saved her? Did she like have to die at that point? But she chose to die. I think that's a little more effective than just the chestburster randomly after two weeks popping out right when she's falling. Yeah. What yeah, do you guys I, think? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, I do think it's, it, it's, it, it's a little bit much when it pops out of her chest. I still like it because I, cause I dig this whole scene. I buy the entire movie. But I, I can understand where you're coming from. But isn't it in the assembly cut that she, you said she brings her arms out in a sort of like Christ-like position That's, as well? Yeah, it's like the, the when she first falls in the in the theatrical, she's doing the arms thing. The and then at chest bursts, mm-hmm. she grabs it. It's just that in the assembly cut, that just never happened. She's just falling like that the entire time. Yeah, I think that's a nice uh, bookend to the film. Because the film literally begins where you see a cross um, mm-hmm. out of the wreckage when, when she lands. Yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm making this up, but I, I'm pretty sure I read that they, the studio, wanted that to happen so bad that they have had to bring in Sigourney Weaver so much longer after filming that she had to wear a bald cap. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All the promotional mm. material taken too was uh, her in a bald wow. cap. Yeah. Mm, man. She refused to shave her head twice, which good for that's her. That's why it looked weird. Yeah. <laughs> the posters and stuff. Yeah, the posters. That's why everything looked weird because she was wearing a bald cap. Yeah weird yeah so i would like one to... last thing oh, oh go, go ahead go ahead no you it might be the same thing go for it okay the the one last just like punch in the gut of this movie is ending with the original um yep with the original uh voiceover yep. from the end of yes. alien it's like hey remember all the things that you liked from alien hey fuck you yep. she's dead and she's just Suck like it. she killed herself spit in your face done go away Lick i balls. can imagine if I liked this movie, having having this be the ending, I I might I might be like, oh you know like wow we've we we've come a long way with this franchise and like it's a cool callback to like this was the beginning, but I don't really feel like it's thematically similar and having just sat through the whole movie that I didn't enjoy, it was you know what it's exactly like, um it it is it is exactly like using the music from the destruction of the the Death Star and A New Hope we talked mm-hmm. about this. In in Aliens, a lot. it's just like using that music from that moment in A New Hope and just plopping it right in the middle of Rise of Skywalker where it's not earned. It's it's this 
this emotional beat that like yeah it it made me emotional because i was thinking of i was thinking about alien but at the same time it just it wasn't earned and it wasn't thematically related i don't think yeah and here's the thing too that like exactly what you're saying it, it, it's somewhat it, what, exactly what you're saying and somewhat I'm adding I think a little bit thing new yeah. thing that's new it's, it's late I'm sorry we've been talking for a while my words aren't doing great anymore um but so it's taking it out of context and putting it in a completely opposite context like this is a moment of despair she's died she's killed herself it's over where an alien that was such a hopeful moment that was saying like I know that all my friends have just died but I have survived I'm going to hopefully be picked up I can keep going and it feels like it's just this tacked on moment where it's like yeah this was the end of the first movie so we'll put it at the end of this one when she's dead like it it, but it has the exact the ending has the exact opposite effect of the first movie where it's supposed to be hopeful that she's surviving meanwhile here it's sad because she's died i totally agree just a punch in the gut just felt it felt like insult to injury like this movie but matt what are your thoughts on it i mean as logan said uh, I liked the movie, so I could excuse this a bit. I mean, there's no logical explanation for why this is playing. It really shouldn't be yeah. in terms of like, like a, you know, just in, in terms of pure logic. But it, I like it because I, I think it's a beautiful ending in Alien. I like how they bring it back because, as I said, I like how this movie brings Alien back to its true core, which is horror. So I like I like that callback to the original. Um, and for me, like I said, this ending isn't wholly sad. It's I find that there's there's a bit of hope in that. There's a bit of peace in this. So uh, for me, I thought it was really beautiful, and I, I damn near teared up, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I'm glad that, honestly, Matt, I'm glad that you liked this movie. One, so it wasn't just us <laughs> shitting on it the entire time, and we had another perspective. And two, I'm just glad that there's that someone enjoyed this movie, <laughs> that I have all these problems with it, and I'm just glad that someone liked it, so it was worth it. You know, some, pe- some people, I saw, um, I don't know if you guys, again, off topic and show that we are not sponsored by or have any association with, Chris Stuckman's YouTube channel, very famous guy, he did a video on it with his one friend, and his one friend said that this was like a top five movie all time for him which i was like blown away by but i mean you know to eat your own but i mean i feel like people enjoying it at least justifies it a little bit that it exists but i i despise it so i don't know is there anything else that you guys want to talk about <laughs> or you think we're good to go to final let's thoughts do and it. Final, let's final plots right. i think we're good final plots and yeah, ratings brendan i mean this was a final bad plots. movie it like it was just it wasn't like so egregious that i was like you know, just in pure hatred of it the whole time. But I was just so bored. And, and like, you know, at least with other bad movies, there's, like, things, there's kind of like a, oh, man, you love to hate it kind of thing. But with this movie, I was just like, ugh. You know, it was just really terrible. Um, and, like, it, I just felt like there was no no drive. There was no stakes. Uh, just, you know, I, I feel like we moved backwards so much and and this as a successor to the alien franchise like it was just man you know just just astounding how 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 backwards it seemed to me i like and you know i was originally gonna give this a higher rating but i think it gets a d i like it it's not a good film I can you convinced you that it's worse, it's worse than you thought it was. Than I yes, thought it was. It was just a bad movie. Yeah, that's a D. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I really like this movie. 
as I said, I was really surprised that I did. I really thought that I'd have I'd be in the same place as you guys because that's how I was when I first saw the movie. I despised it. Um, so that's why I encourage you guys to rewatch it later down the road. Um, I I think that this is a very distinct movie. I can understand why some people don't like it. I think that Fincher, although he didn't have final say in most of the movie, I think that his very uh, divisive take on it definitely still comes through. And his uh, complete subversion of uh, any sort of audience expectations. And, I, I, and for me, that works. For me, I love that he moves away from the more optimistic, uh, coddling feel the end of Aliens. Because um, as I said, for me, Alien is a horror movie at its core, sci-fi horror. And I love how we, you know, we don't, we don't have this family for Ripley. Doesn't have this family to to grasp on and rely on. She's all by herself, and I think that is what makes her performance even more amazing. And I think it's the best in the whole franchise. She she's a fantastic fantastic actress, and and whether or not she didn't want to do this movie, um, for me, uh, I, I never felt a, a sense of her giving a lackluster performance coming through. I think that this movie uh, is never boring for me because I'm always in such awe of the production design, the cinematography. I think this world feels so lived in, so so fully realized, um, even if some of the logics of it albeit, really do not work. Um, and I, I, I really encourage Logan and Brendan to go check out the beginning of the assembly cut because there's some just beautiful design there. Gorgeous the shots in that beginning. Really just gorgeous. And, and it, it's just almost gothic how it feels. It, in, in conjunction with the music um i think this is a very uh it, it's a hard to watch and it it's it's uh it's sad and depressing at times but i think it's i think it's a good conclusion to ripley's character um i i i, I think this is a very good movie um i i think it has a lot of flaws though and i i cannot you can't overlook the production history here and the absolute development hell that it went through and i think there are definitely some really really big flaws um, but because I still love it, I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really mention this at all, but the pacing of this movie is way more basic horror. It's like a, a, a kill every 20 minutes pretty much. So, and it's, it's just, I feel like that is kind of representative of the whole movie. It just feels so much more basic, way more derivative. Um, it dumbs down the idea of an ensemble cast. Like this is just so boring to me because they're all, they're all uh, supposed to look the same. That's basically the point of the whole movie. They all look the same. They're all they're all just bald guys. The the stakes are completely removed for me from this movie, and and we've talked a lot about why. Um, and I think it just makes them irresponsible and ultimately completely unnecessary statements about sexuality. Uh, like like you said, Ryan, about about rape and uh, suicide, and. I just think for all those reasons, I, I like, like you, Brendan, I was thinking that I would give this a higher rating, but God, I just have so many issues with this. And I don't think that it is a satisfying uh, installment in this franchise at all, uh, much less, you know, the character of Ripley's final movie, um, final movie, I'm putting in air quotes. Uh, Alien Resurrection. Because, mm. yeah, because I didn't realize that Resurrection was going to be referring to sigourney weaver but that's okay um so for for, for the end of, it, it, I, it pertains to sigourney weaver but but ripley i mean like ripley is 
is she's not coming back from that fire. Okay. She's she's yeah, yeah I'm, Ripley's I'm, not I'm, coming back I'm from that fire. I'm still confused about that. But it this very much feels like a trilogy. Like she's supposed to have like this arc that is now done with this third movie and uh it's just I don't I don't find this to be a satisfying uh installment in the series, much less a satisfying ending for this character. So uh I'm I'm gonna go with D plus. Yeah. Um so I have this huge document with all the things that I've been going off of here. And I'm just going to basically, like, talk about all the... Th- just so- I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a recap of this, right? It's supposed to be a recap of our thoughts on the movies. So, the writer's discarding of what they had only gets amplified in this movie by the hollowness and unlikability of the new characters and the new storyline that they give here. This movie tries to go back to Alien, but doesn't give us characters that I care about. Failing to carry over the complexity of Ripley's character is another huge problem I have with this movie. I feel like she is just generic sad character in this movie instead of really having the pain behind her eyes that I felt in Aliens. And it feels like it should have been even amplified to like the nth degree because of losing uh, Newton Hicks. And again, if you wanted to do that, there was a way to do that. I think failing to have Newton Hicks deaths have an effect on the story or Ripley is another huge problem. Another huge problem, the xenomorph's presence is not explained in a way that makes sense. The genetics and just logic of how the xenomorph is in this movie makes no sense, and it throws you off from the moment that you start watching this movie. It spits in the face of all the themes of the first two films and replaces it with a dark nihilistic version, basically where it tells you that all the things, all the lessons that she learned in the first two movies are wrong and that she should just give up and that's really disheartening for me it rehashes the first film but being lesser in every way there's horrible visual effects in this film that do not hold up which shows you why experimenting in the early 90s with visual effects while necessary does not hold up as well it's the reason why phantom menace is never going to hold up as well like 50 years from now as return of the jedi and empire strikes back it's because those things were real and that's the reason why alien and aliens are always going to feel more real than the effects in Alien 3 is because those things were actually there. There was an actual big puppet right there in the room for the alien queen, for Yas Queen Beyonce. <laughs> oh, Call back queen. to aliens. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason why that feels so real and that this xenomorph doesn't feel real at all. It's because they'd used technology that wasn't perfected yet. I-, I really hated the way this movie was vulgar in ways that it didn't need to be instead of being interesting, like I said with News Autopsy, with the fact that we brutally watched a dog die on camera, which as an animal lover just makes me so furious sad. to watch uh that that also is me bringing my own personal baggage into the movie but this is a personal review um i think there's a really backwards metaphor with rape i think there's a really backwards metaphor with ripley's character arc um in the end i know that this is not what people who enjoy the movie take away from it but i think that we need just as a society need to be aware of the messaging that is that art is telling us i think we need to be aware of what art is saying and even though it is not just like blatantly being said by this movie that rape equals suicide, it makes that jump. And it's there for you to see, which makes me just very sad, honestly, just the fact that this movie went there. And I feel like it went there without like realizing it went there. I don't think like it consciously made that choice, but it did. It made that choice and it's saying that. And I think I had the same experience as Logan and Brendan on this podcast where I think I convinced you to lower your score with the problems I had. About six hours ago when I finished watching the assembly cut, I was at like a C minus. Me too. I wrote out all of this. I wrote out all of this problems that I had with it. And then even going further on this podcast, I every time I watch the movie, I'm thinking like C minus. 
I think it's a C minus movie while I'm watching it. And then I think about all the things that it means and all the things that it gets wrong script wise. <sighs> I like the cinematography. I can feel Fincher's stylized style style in this film. I will 100% give you that. I like the score. I like the cinematography. I like Fincher's style. I think all of that is solid. I again, I don't blame any of this on David Fincher. I do not think this is his fault. He's working on a nothing script. Literally, so nothing. for those. So for those things, I'm gonna give this movie a D plus. Um, I I don't like this movie at all. I don't like what it does to the Alien franchise. I don't like what it does to Ripley. I don't like what it does to the themes and the point of this series. I think it is so backwards. And again, I I, I equated this to Rise of Skywalker. I think it's more egregious than Rise of Skywalker. While Rise of Skywalker is saying, or Last Jedi and Force Awakens are like, oh, it doesn't matter who you are, and then it turns out it matters who you are in Rise of Skywalker. I don't think any of the themes in that are as weighty as rape and suicide. So I feel like this movie just doesn't get it in terms of the alien franchise a little less than rise of Skywalker doesn't get it with star Wars. So basically I'm hoping that alien resurrection is as goofy as I've heard it is because <laughs> it'll be a nice that, right? break from the heady. Yay! Yes, she yeah. is. And I'm, I'm hoping that alien resurrection is a little, a little just more fun to talk about than this movie, even though I think that we had a great discussion. We should mention. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Oh, yeah. sorry. We should mention that uh, our our imaginary line in the sand that we've drawn uh, with, with ratings is uh, a C is a rotten score and C plus is fresh. Is that right? Yes. That hasn't come up in a really long time because we've been reviewing uh, Hitchcock and the first two Alien movies and 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 yeah. like Birds of Prey we, we had before that. So we haven't really even gotten close to like the, the C plus versus C range but yeah so just for some perspective about and that's why i i didn't want to do c minus that's what i was thinking but i was like that's too close to being fresh um sure so yeah i just wanted to just wanted to put that out that there. is the arbitrary line in the sand yes, that is that that's we just put. your reminder about that that's yeah that's technically what it means but matt go ahead i know you had something yeah i was gonna say i'm very interested to see uh where you guys stand with alien resurrection um, because definitely coming off of this movie, if you hated this movie that much and you hated the drabness of it that much, Alien Resurrection might be a uh, very nice, if not all, superficial respite to this. So I'm, I'm interested really... to see where that discussion goes. When we were talking, I think yesterday, Matt, after I had watched Alien 3 the first time, before I had watched the assembly cut, I was like, there's no way that Alien Resurrection will be as offensive to me as <laughs> Alien 3 was. And you're like, it sucks, but I'm like... If it's goofy, I'll take the goofiness over the things that just made me mad with this movie. So, yeah, I'm hoping I enjoy Re- Alien Resurrection more. Great. Yeah. But, yeah, so next week, come on back. We'll be reviewing Alien Resurrection, the fourth of this series. And then we're going to be getting back to Ridley Scott, guys. I'm, I'm very excited oh, yeah. to talk about those prequels because yeah. I think we might be having even more debates on those uh, on those prequel films. All right. Yes. So let's uh let's real quick before we peace out of here talk about the other shows on our uh, network. Yeah, so Brandon. we have a lot of other shows on the network. Uh, I do a show called Stop Wait What, which is a comedy improv advice podcast where we take. If you can see us ever being funny <laughs> after this review, uh, but we take we take questions from the Yahoo Answers service, and also uh, you know you can send in questions, which we'll talk about a little later how to do that um, to us. But we we love uh, we love joking around. We do characters. It's a it's a good good grand old it's a grand old time uh i also do another podcast called twisted mug mysteries 
Uh, by the time you hear this, episode five will have come out where we talked about uh, the Lizzie Borden murders. Uh, that was me, Logan, and Nolan talking about that the other day. Uh, really good time. We are one-stop shop for everything spooky and occult. Uh, we do a podcast called Octo Island, which is our premier Star Wars podcast, which is just just a barrel of laughs. Uh, we're currently reviewing the Clone Wars uh, animated series. We just did episodes two through five of season so much one. Fun. Super good time. Uh, and we also, a couple weeks ago, talked about the uh, the never-produced Colin Trevorrow Duel of the Fate script, which was just so much fun. Uh, if you're looking for more alien content, uh, keep your eyes peeled, ears to the ground. We might have something uh, something fun coming up for you in the next couple weeks. Uh, Logan, Matt, would you like to talk about your show? Other, other than just the other reviews of the, of yes. the movies. We have something besides yes. the reviews of the movie. Yes. Yeah, uh, we have the Back in Style podcast on this network, which is our, our Twin Peaks podcast. It's hosted by me and Matt and occasionally Ryan, and um, we're going through every episode of Twin Peaks. Uh, if you're new to the show, you can start binging it. We're on Netflix. Uh, we're not on it. Netflix. The show <laughs> is on Netflix. on Netflix. That would be cool if we were on Netflix, That'd be though. pretty cool. Guys, can you imagine? We, we would have made it if we're the only podcast on Netflix. It would be cool and wouldn't really make any sense. But um, no, it wouldn't. The show is on Netflix. I recommend you start binging it. Binging it, or uh, even if you're uh, an an old fan like me, um, you can you can get something out of this podcast, and we'll never spoil anything past the episode that we're talking about. Um, we also is that it? Movie journal, yeah. ACTV movie journal. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so that's where we uh, talk about our top fives and we do our uh, or top 20s and current reviews. Look forward to our top 25 of the decade coming up. Super pumped to do that. That's going to take a lot of work. We're getting really close to doing that. I'm going to say like a week or two is probably when we're going to be recording those podcasts. So that'll be a twofer. We'll do Hopefully. 25 to 11 in one episode and then 10 to 1 in another. And if you like to hear me and Matt debate about movies... We're going to be doing that some more in the top 25 of the decade because I know that I have movies that I hate on his top 25 and he has movies that he hates on my top 25. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that. Um, but yeah, Matt, if you want to talk about our social medias real quick and then we can peace on out of here. Yes, please hit us up on social media. We are at Twisted Mug Media on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we post uh, about every time we uh, release a new podcast. So please feel free to check us out there. Give us a follow. Give us a like. And if you'd like to contact us, you can DM us through those social media platforms. Or you can email us at twistedmugmedia at gmail.com. We would appreciate any sort of feedback, anything of that kind. Floyd? I forgot. Since the last Aliens review, we hit 100 followers on Instagram. Yay. Thank you. All right. Wow, 100 yes. followers. Sick. Thank you. Thank you Thank very, you very much. much. That's awesome. Yes. So, that you know, that's... We really appreciate you guys following us. Hopefully, even more of you uh, will start following us on social media. So thanks to, for 100 followers. To quote my favorite Girl Scout cookie, which is no longer produced to my knowledge, thank you, Barry Munch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll be back on Wednesday and Friday for a new Stopway What and a new Octo Island. And then we will be back next Monday for Alien Resurrection. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next Monday. I'm Brendan. I'm Ryan. See you. I'm Matthew. I'm Logan. Bye, Bye, I always mess that up. <laughs> Thanks, Floyd. <laughs>